following is a presentation of the Outside Lens Radio Network. Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz, where we talk things all NFL. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with my co-host, the tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, how are we doing today? Doing great, Dave, for the Super Bowl. Yeah, Super Bowl Eve, and joining us in studio for Super Bowl Eve, totally stoked, the cannonball. Alex Steele, once again, joining us on the show. How are you doing, Alex? Boom goes the cannonball. How are you, fine gentlemen, doing this evening? It was the eve of the Super Bowl, all through the land. I don't have the rest of the words. What a weirdo. <laughs> Alex, it's, it's strike two in the weirdo train today, Alex. Sand. <laughs> so uh, welcome to the show, folks. We've got a hell of a show coming. It's it's uh, Super Bowl Eve, baby. That's where we're at. Um, we are uh, preparing uh, I've got I got the pork butts on the grill, baby. We're getting ready to to rock and roll. We got several people coming into town, and and uh, coming to join us for the party. I'm fired up, Tyler. You're going to be one of those guys joining us tomorrow. Stoked for you to be here. Lots of beer, lots of food, lots of uh, wonderful folks. I'm all excited, but we still have business to tend to. We have to take care of some risky business, if you will. That is correct. We have we have business to take care of around here, and uh, I hope everybody's all fired up. Tyler, we do have Tyler's top ten coming. We don't have any major scores going on, although I will say last week the Pro Bowl is a goddamn joke. And can we all agree on that? And it has been. Yeah, it's it just the the lack of tackling, the fact that guys were getting legitimately booed off the field. Boot off the field. Okay. Just don't even play at this point. We're not going to play the game. Well, well you're, you're what? I'd rather than not even play the game. That's yeah, I, I think it's just a mess. They, they should, in my opinion, they should just keep doing the skills challenges. Those were more entertaining than the actual game itself, right? Yeah, the skills challenges are fun. I, I enjoyed watching a, a lot of that. I, I, that that was a, a fun time to watch. But, you know, what I'd rather see is is um, – is um do a, a, a four team tournament the four bottom teams on Saturday's round one on Sundays is 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 a championship winning team gets the first overall pick. Hey, that's that's a bold uh, that's a bold idea, Cotton. Let's see if they people uh, watch. But you know the NFL is not going to roll with it because no, that, of course they won't. Yeah, they're not going to do that because at that point you might see the number four team wind up with the number one pick. Still way better than draft lottery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think anything's better than draft lottery at this point. But we we have ourselves uh, a, a lot going on as far as uh, coaching carousel coordinators. We do have a, a Tyler's top ten. We got Freytown's forgotten five for the Rams side of things because you got to remember we did the Cincinnati side of things last week to see the mo- the impact players um, for the Cincinnati Bengals. Now we've got the impact players for the L.A. Rams. So Man, someone's a popular guy over there. I hear buzz buzz. Biz, biz. Oh yeah, the phone's been going. Yeah, yeah, it's it's definitely me. So I've got I've got my uh my smoker going, and I'm I'm the cool guy that's has got the the Wi-Fi stuff going on. So as the smoker adjusts itself, it just sets my phone off. So every every quarter degree it goes off. 
but no, it, it I, <laughs> every time it, it goes above like 10 degrees over or 10 degrees under, or every time that it, it reaches temperature or every time something goes on with it, it, it informs me. So I, I do appreciate it informing me, but yeah, I'm, I'm the popular guy around here, I guess, at least to my bougie ass smoker. Hey, listen, look, laugh all you want, but we're going to have at least five to six grown adult human beings, pro wrestlers, no less. Uh, that are going to want some food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, hell, there's more than that that's going to be here. I'll tell you that much. There's going to be a lot of people here, and I'm totally in for it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, Tyler, I want to jump into some news around the league first and foremost, if we can. Um, we've got some interesting things happening, and I want to start it off with uh, every week we always seem to have an elephant in the room. This week's elephant in the room, Cardinals quarterback Kyler Murray unfollows the Cardinals on social media. He completely wipes his pictures of anything Cardinals related after several reports indicate that the quarterback is asking for nearly $50 million per year on an extension. I think he's crazy. crazy. Alex, what say you? Well, uh, don't forget, a couple years ago, Dak Prescott was asking $40 million. Yep. And we thought he was high back then. Yep. You know, See, I didn't. Listen, do not get me wrong. Kyler Murray is definitely a rising star in this league. But he's not going to be making, like, uh, Patrick Mahomes money anytime soon. Well, yeah, what? he hasn't won anything. To make what? Patrick Mahomes money, you got to win a freaking Super Bowl. Like, we're, we're, we're on the eve of... Of waiting for Lamar to get a contract, and even I, and I'm I'm not going to sit here and say that Lamar's going to be worth no fifty million. No, no, it's crazy talk to me. And and the fact that here's my thing about it. Okay, great, you started the season season seven and zero, oh, and then what happened after that? You won four of your last eleven. Oh, he did get hurt, but still, well, they they won four of their last eleven, and and he looked like a bum. He got his ass handed to him in the wild card round of the playoffs, regardless of whether or not the Rams are in the bowl. They did beat the Rams earlier this year, and and they got their asses handed to them. Uh, didn't he? Didn't he play against the Lions, and the Lions housed him? Yeah. When you're losing to the Detroit freaking Lions, it's time to hang it up. Yeah, and my my problem with Kyler Murray at this point is I feel like a lot of his success is predicated on whether or not DeAndre Hopkins is on the field because it seems like ever since yeah. DeAndre Hopkins went down, he hasn't been successful. Am I right, Tyler? It. It, it was right around that time. I, I can't argue with that too much. Yeah, and, and that's my problem here is is I think like he, he oh, I lost my my one big weapon. And now we're seeing, to me, it tells me that, that Kyler Murray is not wide receiver proof. You know, he's he's not, he, he requires having that one monster receiver on the field or else he's not going to be successful. And that's not something that you see out of guys, the greats like Aaron Rodgers, as much as I don't like Aaron Rodgers as a person. Um, he's made that, a great, a lot of great receivers out of mediocre players. Right. Right. That, that's the type of thing you get, uh, you know, out of Aaron Rodgers is, you know, he takes a guy like Alan Lazard and makes him look like a star. Mm-hmm. And, Randall and, Cobb. Yeah, Randall Cobb. That's another one. Jordy Scantling. Nelson. Yeah, I mean, he well, he's, Nelson. I think was a be, was a better receiver, but outside of like Nelson and and uh, Adams, there's a laundry list of players that have had very good careers because of Aaron Rodgers. Absolutely, and and you like Brady was the same way yep. for years. Brady did it with with Julian frickin' Edelman. I Julian mean, Edelman, Austin, or uh, Wes Welker. Wes I mean, Welker. you know, there there were so many guys that that. Uh, they passed the ball around. Yeah. And, and, you know, to and made got everybody equal play and made, you know, could land the ball 
so that anybody could catch it. Right. And that's that's a problem. I just I have an issue with with what Kyler Murray has failed to do in the absence of DeAndre Hopkins. And then I feel like like the way he's going about this this whole situation. Oh, I want my 50 million dollars. Well, hey, man, good for you. But at the same time, you're being a fucking baby about it. Right. I mean, oh, and, and it's very Stefan Diggs. Yeah. And like it's a, you're all, you're a rookie, my man. OK, like you, you just now. Uh, you're asking for fifty million dollars when you're off. Like, is is this his second year or is this third? Third, his third, third year. year. Wow, time flies fast. Yeah, but anyway, yeah, but I mean, still, how how many years had Dak played when he started asking for forty? Yeah, and let's start looking at what Kyler Murray's done. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. two two years you missed the playoffs, yep. right? First two years, and then the third year you go to the playoffs and you get your ass beat by the Rams in the wild card round. Yeah. So, so what what have you done? Right. What have you done? Now, Tyler, do you think he's worth 50? No, no one's worth 50. <laughs> what do you I, think he's worth? Uh, 35 to 40. That's about where I'm at. I think he, I think about 35. He, he should be should be making about Kirk Cousins' money. Uh, ironically, that 35 to 40, that's right around what Dak was asking. So. Yeah. Well, Which, well, Dak and, has come out this year, and that's where I'm going to counter you a little bit here, Alex. Dak, Dak came out the year after getting that contract, went and had the best offense in football. So I, I'm going to say Dak earned it. It's also yeah. fair. That's very fair. Okay. So, so you know, Kyler Murray, that was the the big elephant in the room there. Um, well, the difference here is is Dak Witten played a whole season of great football. Kyler Murray, um, he lost Hopkins. He also got hurt and came back and didn't perform ne- nor near how he was before he got hurt. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's talk about the other elephant in the room because oh, there there is another one. Um, the Saints running back Alvin Kamara, he gets arrested and charged with battery resulting in substantial bodily harm after the uh, Pro Bowl over there in Vegas. He could see up to five years in prison on this whole thing. Um, it's a yeah, it's a pretty uh, nasty deal. Apparently, he, him and his buddies were going to get into an elevator. A guy got a little too close. And uh, yeah, Alvin decided, hey, I'm going to slug this guy. Um, he, he claims that there, there were other things that caused him him to do it. And he was kind of pretending like it was a, a a self-defense type of situation. But anytime you get him and your seven buddies putting the boots to a guy, you have a hard time proving self-defense when it's seven on one four horsemen. Yeah. And, and I got to tell you, I, I'm starting to believe with all, all these reports coming out of Vegas that having a football team in Vegas may very well be the worst possible thing that the NFL could have done uh, at this at this point in time. I mean, having a team in Vegas, there has been so many drunk driving and DUIs. Henry Ruggs killed a lady and her dog. I mean, uh, you've had Nate Hobbs drunk driving. You've had uh, uh, Dave, Damon Arnett waving a gun around. You've had John Gruden with his racist emails. I mean, all well, this stuff coming out of Vegas right now is a mess. Well, I would not blame uh, the emails on John Gruden in Vegas, per se. I <laughs> yeah, mean, right. John Gruden's just, you know, he's just a nutcase. But let's just admit that it adds to the the, it, without, the without, persona. Without a doubt. I mean, it just, the whole thing is like, well, what do you... What do you do in Vegas? Yeah, you drink and you gamble. Tyler was was having a team in Vegas the worst thing possible. You know, I I said this at first for a completely different reason. I didn't like the idea because Vegas doesn't have a lot of like natural citizens. So yeah. you have a lot of people at the games that are just going to be fans of different teams, which which is which is what I predicted. But what we're getting here is something I 
would have never imagined. What, and what we have here is this case where these players, particularly younger players, can't contain themselves in, in the biggest party city in, in the country. Yep, that's exactly what's happening. And and these guys are, are going to Vegas, and it, it makes me question the decision. And, and also, I got to be honest with you, I wish they would have never left Oakland. They should have never left Oakland. I thought that was the place to be. I mean, you're you're basically right by Vegas. Why would you just leave Oakland? The fans are are crazy about you. I I don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me that they're they're hanging around in Vegas right now or that they even moved to Vegas. They could have gotten a new stadium in Oakland, right? I think see, I, I can't remember the details. Wasn't that part of the issue was Oakland wasn't willing to give it to them? I don't know if they were or or what. Yeah, I mean, I guess somebody should have figured it out in Oakland. I mean, right. go talk to the talk to the uh, city council. You know, get, just see if you can. Because I because I, I know that's what happened in St. Louis. That building, they they couldn't agree on a new state, and that's why the Rams left. But I can't right. remember the reasoning for Oakland. Well, yeah, I I just I I hate it. I hate the move to Vegas net right now. I I didn't like it from the get. I think now it's looking even worse. Yeah, the the stadium is sweet, but at the same time, yeah, it's it's a really bad situation over there. I don't know what in the hell they were thinking, but it, yeah, that that happened, and so now Elvin Kamara uh, may not. I mean, I think if he, I don't I don't know if he's going to get convicted or anything like that, but he's most definitely going to get a suspension. How long it's going to be, we'll find out. But at the also, I, do you think this ends Elvin Kamara? I mean, yeah, it very well may. Sick of forking him, he's gone. I think this ends Alvin Kamara's career. I think uh, this is this it's, is it's so hit or miss though because you had the Ray Rice situation, which yeah. ultimately he never played again. But then you also had the Kareem Hunt situation that was just as bad, and he's obviously playing now. So it's it depends on the flavor of the week. Yeah, I guess. I guess. I it's just a, a crazy thing. I I just. It doesn't make sense. And also, in, in the, the Saints' neck of the woods there, the Saints are reportedly not planning to trade Michael Thomas this offseason. They want the star wide receiver back for 2022 after his ankle surgery and whatnot. Um, do you think that Michael Thomas plays for the Saints moving forward? Do you, I think he's a prima donna piece of garbage. Um, he's definitely a prima donna, I mean, he, but he's also one of the best receivers in football when healthy. I think he almost kind of has to stay because there is going to be a level of – having to take a hit to trade him though. I mean, I know there's probably an out, but there's still going to be a level of some sort of cap that they're going to have to take. Yeah. Let me take a look and see what that number is. So, because I, I think they just re-signed him to a new deal. Didn't they? Uh, I think before last season. So he's going in like year three of that, but I'm pretty sure it's a long deal. And I know they gave him a lot of money. So usually you're going to see a pretty nasty cap hit with that. I'm, I'm sure there's probably an out, but even with an out, there's still a level of cap hit you're going to take. Right. And and let's see if they were to cut him at this point in time, they would only save two million dollars and it would be a twenty two million dollar dead money hit. Um, yeah. If, see, if at they, that at that point, you, you, you might as well try to make it work in your team. If it doesn't work, he's just the best for two million dollars. Yeah. If they cut him post June one and or, and uh, I think that's if they trade him as well. Um, it's an eight point nine million dollar uh, cap hit for dead money, but they save fifteen point eight. So if they were to make a move, it would have to be after June 1. Um, and the same goes for, for 2023. So, I mean, and they, they'll get a $1 million more in the cap savings department. But, yeah, if they're going to make a move, they got to do it after June 1st. That, that would be the move. He is 28 years old, so yeah. 
Um, it looks like he's going to be an unrestricted free agent come 2025. Uh, but and and really, if they, if, I I will I don't I like Michael Thomas the player. Well, I don't like Michael Thomas the person. Well, you don't like his team either. So. Well, I mean, uh, all that aside, Michael Thomas the person has been a loudmouth and has been a prima donna and has been an asshole since he got signed. Really, even since before he got signed to that new deal. Right. I mean, him being on social media was like one of the worst things ever. The, the the dude's a prick. So I mean, I, I'm I I really don't want him to play for the Saints because I I don't like the Saints. But at the same time, you know he is a great receiver. He's just a loudmouth asshole. That's all it comes down to. Um, the Saints also made a couple other moves. They added Alabama offensive line coach, the good old Doug Marone, is uh, back to their offensive staff with the Saints. He hasn't been given his direct uh, marching orders yet. But he is back, and the Saints also went ahead and they promoted their defensive coordinator, Dennis Allen, to the new head coach. I actually like this move. Dennis Allen was a good uh, defensive coordinator for them last season, and uh, I, I, I'm pretty impressed with it. What, what, what say you, Tyler? Um, I don't know. Um, I feel like this team needs a I, – I have no problem bringing a defensive mind as a head coach. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But I feel like where this team's at – they need more of an offensive mind to get to get the team on track. Well, they had Sean Payton on board, and I think the the understanding in the the Saints universe they have once again for the next year they have the worst cap situation out of anybody. So I, I think there's an understanding there in Saints land that they're it's about to be rebuild time, but they have all the pieces on defense. They have the 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 strong corner. They have the good safeties. They have, you know, the the solid blitzing defensive line. So I think they realize, well, we have these pieces, but we're going to have to rebuild on the offensive side of the football. It's a smart play, I'm in my opinion, to just say, hey, let's just go with the guy that knows our our players and knows our system and knows our defensive uh, uh, scheme. Yes, but it's not. But fast forward a year, if they fire him after one season, it's, it's going to be it's going to comp- be a complete um signed up to fail. That I agree with. It'll be a, it'll be a total Dave Culley job there. I I agree with that. That's that's a shit show. Speaking of Dave Culley, um, not really Dave Culley, but speaking of the Texans, they did promote uh, their defensive coordinator Lovey Smith as their new head coach. Lovey making a return to the head coaching ranks. Um, I wasn't particularly impressed with Lovey Smith uh, when he was with the Bears. Right. Uh, but well, this, Lovey Smith. Uh, sorry to cut you off here, but Lovey Smith with the Bears had a very impressive record, though. Oh, okay. yeah, he, he did, did well. He did have a decent tenure. It, it really fell apart near the end. That's when the wheels kind of came off there. That was that must be what I'm remembering. Yeah, now. yeah. The everybody, you know, it's it's that most recent memory type of thing where like everybody goes, hey, you know, this this guy could have had a really great record, but man, oh man, when the the fucking end of that whole thing came. What a mess. And that's kind of what we're seeing with, with Lovey Smith. A lot of people are going, oh, God, Lovey Smith. I haven't heard shit about Lovey Smith. See, was, was it Lovey Smith that was coaching when they were in the, in the bowl, like, what, ten, like 15 years ago? I don't think it was Lovey Smith. I'd have to, to – I think it was 06, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. While he's checking into that, um, I will say that this is actually a very good step uh, as far as morale goes for the Texans, uh, given the fact that their owner is a racist. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it it definitely changed a lot. Um, you know, as far as like, I, I, to be honest with you, 
there are two things that that are my takeaway from this whole freaking situation. The first thing is that um, you know the Texans they kind of see the the uh, yeah it was Lovey Smith was was in that Super Bowl so you are right he did he was the yeah. coach of uh, of the Bears it was the 2007 Super Bowl yep um, 2006 season yeah 2006 2007 season it was uh, and the other one was Tony Dungy. So yeah. it was it was Lovey Smith and Tony Dungy in that in that bowl. Is that Rex Grossman? Yeah, it was Rex Grossman's year. Yeah, but it was just before they got Jay Cutler, I think. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yep. Anyway. But uh Lovey Smith, I, I you know, he had an impressive tenure with the Bears, never won a bowl there, but a lot of people remember the very end when everything kind of fell apart and you know, you you had the Jay Cutler situation where Lovey Smith wasn't a big fan of Jay Cutler, and and you know it it became kind of an interesting little ending there. Lovey actually went on to be the head coach of the Bucks, though, and he was not good. And Correct. He he did not have a good tenure there. And since then, you know, he's he's been a defensive coordinator here and there. Went to the Texans. The the Texans really they they used uh, Lovey. They had Lovey Smith and. They used his his skill set effectively, I think, for the time that they had him there. Uh, recently, their defense has been a shit show because they were trading all these pieces and it was like fire sale in Houston. But now here we are, uh, Lovey Smith, the new head coach. And I also think seeing the Brian Flores thing going on, the lawsuit, I think the Texans are kind of going, hey, this is a really great opportunity for us to, to – and and that it could be, and whether or not it's true – they they could be making a PR move, and I think that partially does have something to do with it. Where they're going, hey, everybody thinks we're fucking racist. Let's show everybody we're not. Well, see, and that's and that's my problem is I feel like um they were ready to make uh uh Josh McCown new head coach, and all of a sudden the Flores started hap- the Flores thing happened, and they went, oh no, we're just gonna give it to Lovey Smith. It's out of yeah. out of yeah. out of the blue. It feels like a backtrack. Right. Yeah. So either it could be a good move, or it could end up biting him in the biting him in the ass. Yeah. Do you think uh, Lovey Smith and Davis Mills gel well? And you know, Lovey Smith has been uh, a very positive in endorsing Davis Mills uh, since he got brought on as the head coach. I think Lovey Smith is a good coach. Um, like I said, a lot of people remember the end. I think him and Davis Mills are going to get along, but we also have to remember that Lovey Smith is more of a defensive coach. So it depends on who they bring in as their OC, and and they could bring in somebody that that you know is a really great offensive coordinator. We'll have to wait and see, but yeah, I mean, yeah, because the the rumor mill does say that because of how close they were to bringing him in as head coach, that uh, Josh McCown is being looked at to be the to be the OC, which to me gives McCown because I've been endorsing McCown anyway, but that gives to me, that gives McCown a better chance for success off the rip than going right into a head coaching gig. I agree with that. They, I, we've been talking on this show consistently how McCown needs to become a coordinator before any first. And you I, know? and I never disagreed with that, but I, I, my biggest standpoint is always, I believe that he's a, he's a, he's a smart um, NFL mind, but I do agree that being in a coordinator role would, would, at first, even if it's just for a season, will, will, would bode well for him. Yeah, I agree with that. It, it was, um, it's just been a, a wild ride for, for Houston there. And now they've got Lovey Smith on the, on the, uh, uh, you know, on the payroll here as a, a head coach. It's, it's going to be an exciting time, but yeah, we've got, um, that happening. And, 
let's see. Next up with the with the I'm sorry, I've got got things popping up here. Alex just plugged in his phone and things started popping up on the screen. God damn Jesus Alex. Christ, Alex. I'm charging. Come on. <laughs> Elsewhere in the division, uh the Jaguars, they go hire and hire Bucks assistant and inside linebackers coach Mike Caldwell to be their new defensive coordinator. This is a move I actually really like given the success that the Bucks have had at the linebacker position. I like this move. Um, what what do you think, Tyler? Um, I mean, I feel like it's a role where he's gonna it's he's gonna be an easy to come in and, and just kind of garner success because there's there's already a good system going there. What with the Jags? Yeah, see, I, I feel like Jags have the talent. They just really didn't have the coaching and and but Jags defense, I know we're a few years away off of when they were really good, but they still have some key pieces there. Yeah. I agree, and and the Jags also made another really solid move. They hired the Bills special teams coordinator, Heath Farwell, as their new special teams coordinator. Um, Heath Farwell has done wonders over there with Buffalo as far as their special teams go. Their kicker, most recently, I, I forget his name, uh, he had himself a, a hell of a little run there. Tyler Bass? Yes, Tyler Bass, thank you. Uh, and, and he's had himself a, a really hell of a, a solid two seasons here. I like this. I think this is a smart hire, and I think the Jags, uh, you know, they get a guy that's not going to go and kick your kicker and tell him to make his fucking field goals, right? You, you never know, but I, I would say you're probably right. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> God damn. Um, also, the Jags went out and they hired the Colts' senior offensive assistant, Press Taylor. He's the brother of Zach Taylor as their new offensive coordinator. You know, I, I – kind of like this move i am a little up in the air about it because of the run happy scheme that they had to run with the colts um and and now press taylor is going to come over to the jags i wonder how much of the zach taylor style he's really going to bring to that team what do you think guys i i i press taylor i'm i'm a little up in the air on this situation um i i mean for his sake he should bring in as much of that as he can because i mean his brother there has been doing something really nice there in, in, in Cincinnati. Right. And, and I, I'm, I just have questions about it because it was a very run happy scheme over there in, in uh, uh, with the Colts. And now you've got a situation where you've got this fresh new young quarterback that just came in your shiny new first round pick. He's coming out of a bad situation with urban Meyer. And, and I, I wonder if, if this is going to wind up being another Carson Wentz situation where, you know, he's, he's, you know, not, he's throwing the ball. Like, there were occasions this season where Carson Wentz threw the ball 12 times in a game. I mean, that's, but I mean, the situations are different. So I, I'm not going to, I can't say that, that he's just a run guy because when you have a, a running back like Jonathan Taylor, you run the fucking ball. Right. And well, and, it's, and it worked for a good part of the year. They, they were, Going into the going into the last few weeks of the season, they were the team you didn't want to see in the playoffs. Right, and and how about Josh Robinson? Do you think this benefits him? James Robinson or James Robinson? I don't know why I said Josh Robinson. James Robinson. <laughs> I, I'm thinking Josh Robinson, like the quarterback here. Golly, how do you think this affects James Robinson over there with Jacksonville? I mean, it, it helps. I mean, James Robinson is still going to have an issue with the fact that you still have Travis Etienne that you spent a first-round pick on because you're not just going to just throw Etienne out the window because you right. spent a first-round pick on him. So, But we've seen it work, and I think you can very easily turn that situation into very much like a Denver situation or a Cleveland situation where you have two bell cow backs. Yeah. 
Yep. And, and realistically, James Robinson, if he does wind up hitting free agency, if they do decide to move on from him at that time when his contract comes up, then James Robinson's going to garner some big time free agent money, right? Yeah, he'll he'll get a big contract. He's not going to be on like the level of like a Nick Chubb, but right. he'll he'll be in that twelve to fifteen range. Yeah, I think so. Also, uh, with the Colts, by the way, um, they went and hired the Raiders defensive coordinator, a guy you know very well, Tyler Gus Bradley. He is their new DC over there uh, with the Raiders. Um, what do you think of this move? I actually like it a lot. I think oh, Gus Gus Bradley. I think I, Gus, I I like Gus Bradley. I do too. Um, I think Gus Bradley's a good DC. This is a smart play, and and the Raiders. I'm I'm a little surprised by it, but the the Raiders. He's a good defensive coordinator, and the Raiders defense. They have the personnel to have a successful defense. I think right now, um, and and I think Gus Bradley walks into a good situation, right? He do, oh, he definitely does. Yep. And he also hired. They also went out and hired a guy you're very familiar with, uh, Rob Ryan, the former linebackers coach over there in Baltimore. Um, he gets hired in as a, a also a def- an assistant defensive uh, coordinator. What do you think of that situation, Tyler? You know, I like the move, and we mentioned him being fired uh, a couple weeks ago. But and, and I and I said I saw it coming. That, that was only because we were getting a new DC. Right. That, that usually bring your own staff. But I figured um, Rob Ryan was going to land his feet relatively quickly. He's always done pretty well at, as a defensive coordinator, and and even even more so as as a positions coach. Yeah. Now, now, are are you going to venture to Vegas to see this newly put together coaching staff, Alex? To see? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Once a lion, always a lion. Oh, okay. See, you. I mean, I mean, listen, I, I I may show like the scars of a thirty thirty seven, almost thirty eight year old uh, abusive relationship with a, with a football team that hasn't won a playoff game since nineteen ninety one, but. Uh, I I bleed Hawaiian blue and silver through and through. I may have to see a doctor for that. Um, having <laughs> having said that, um, it it will it will be interesting to see uh, this uh, how Rob Ryan will uh, jive uh, with the with the Raiders. Uh, I mean, historically, I guess they've always been up and down on defense. Uh, they were definitely impressive uh, in the playoffs. I guess I just bounced uh, in the. They got they got bounced in the first round, but the thing about that I really like about the Raiders that front seven was fucking outstanding. Right this who, year, who was the? Wasn't there like a? There's a name that's bouncing around in my head. Max Crosby. Yeah, yeah, Max yeah. That's Crosby. the guy. He was a stud. Yeah, a stud this year. I yeah. Be on the lookout for him next year. Yeah, yeah. He was he was he, phenomenal. He kind of came out of nowhere. I mean, we talked about it earlier this year. His first couple of years were were okay. And then he he emerged. Yeah, he he blew up this year. I couldn't believe what we were seeing. Um, just an interesting thing. And one guy, one guy from this Raiders staff that I I just want to point out. I feel fucking horrible for. Um, he's no longer on the Raiders. He's now he's just been hired by the Packers. Uh, former Raiders interim head coach Rich Bisaccia mm-hmm. is the new special teams coordinator for the Packers. I feel fucking awful for this guy because he did such a great job with that he Raiders. Played team. his heart out for that team. He did, and and for him, and I understand he was a special teams coach originally with the Raiders anyway, and then he comes in and he's going to be the new special teams coach for for the uh, uh, the Packers. But and I think that's a smart play because the Packers just walked away from their their uh, special teams coach after he 
shit the bed against uh, San Francisco. But let me just point out, like, how awful you got to feel for a guy like Rich Passaccia because he played or he, he coached so well for this football team and he led them out of the doldrums in the midst of all of the the drunk driving accidents and the John Gruden bullshit and the the DUIs and the the accosting people with guns and all that shit he still still managed to come out and fucking take this team to the playoffs whether it was in the six or seven seed or whatever it doesn't matter took it to five seed Took advantage of a bonehead move by the San Diego uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, but but the you know, facts are facts. He made the playoffs. Yeah, he got it done. I mean, do do you feel awful for him, Tyler? Hundred percent. I you do. Hit, too. You hit you hit the nail right in the head on that one. That that I I so feel as soon as I saw it, I was like, man, that guy was was in line for a promotion, and and everybody should have been looking at him. It was just a, a sad situation over there. Um, a guy that did get promoted for the uh, Detroit Football Lions, Ben Johnson, the tight ends coach, gets promoted to the offensive coordinator spot for the Lions. Uh, I like this move. I think it's smart. Um, you know, he did wonders with TJ Hawkinson over there. Uh, he's always been really solid with the tight ends. I think this is a smart play, right? I mean, I feel I feel like it you know, based on his uh, history with uh, Hawkinson, and he if he can translate that to the rest of the offense. Uh, you know, you really, we really have, you know, a good chance to pick up some really good players in this next draft, thanks to the the what we basically traded Stafford and you know got the hall of the the hall of the decade. Oh yeah. So you know, between having um, Dan Campbell as head coach, mm-hmm. J- Jared Goff, who you know he seems committed for the next for the rest of his contract, mm-hmm. you know, and all the and the, and the guys in the locker room, you know, rallying around. Dan Campbell and having this move, it's it's exciting to see you know what the Lions will do. I mean, again, we're a long way we're a long way from Oz, but uh, we're definitely not in Kansas anymore. If you know, if you get my drift. Yeah, I I just think this is a smart play. That this offense runs through uh, uh, T.J. Hawkinson. Am I right at this point, Tyler? Yes, um, Swift too. Swift had a very good year as well. Yeah. Um, they have the pieces there, and honestly, at this point, I, from a receiving core, I, I think it's going to be Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, that's what it's looking like. He he had himself a really solid second half of the season. Um, Jared Goff really utilized him to his fullest pose- potential over there, and so did uh, old uh, Man Campbell over there. So I mean, it, it was a <laughs> yeah, it was a, a hell of a go there, and and I really do believe like T.J. Hawkinson is a huge part of that offense. I feel like the the tight ends coach is a huge reason for that, and I, this is probably a pretty smart play here for for them. So, so good good on the Lions there. So you know, real quick, I know, I know we're a little ways away from draft day, but you know, I'm just thinking in my head. Okay, let's say Jacksonville picks up Kayvon Thibodeau and they draft Hutch. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know if they get, you know if they get a decent uh, pass rusher in in Hutch. You know they beef up that defense a little bit because let's be honest they need they need all the help they could get in, on defense, you know. And then they you keep building the offense. You, you're wondering what this team's going to do in two or three years. Yeah, the Lions are gradually becoming a more and more scary team as as time goes on. As we see certain guys develop, and you like Panay Sewell, he developed really well this season. Amon Ross St. Brown, that was a guy. By the way, Tyler, you and I called on this very show was going to be a stud when he got drafted um, at the position that he got drafted at. And he's turned out so far 
Um, so far, so good. Yep, coming on late in the season, he's he's come along really well. So I I really believe that the Lions in the next few years could wind up becoming a very scary team. My hope is that they don't win a Super Bowl before my Vikings. That's all I ask at this point. Here's what I'm going to say. I think you're going to be okay, Scott. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say. Based on how the Lions played at the end of the season, mm-hmm. assuming that Aaron Rodgers moves on. Yep. And he will. Assuming Kirk Cousins is not a Viking. Then the Lions will win this division. Um, Based on how they play the end of the season, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world to see the Lions win the division in a very NFC East style win at at like seven wins. That makes sense. Yeah, I could see it happening. And Um, and that's a big and that's a big assumption that that um, Mond ends up being a bust. Right. Right. Which obviously we don't know who he is yet, but. In those scenarios, you're looking at what could potentially for for at least this next season be a very weak division. It also really depends on on Kevin O'Connell, I think, and and what he does in Minnesota. True. We'll we'll get to them shortly here. But uh, even like even taking Vikings out of the equation here, it yeah. wouldn't be surprising to me to see to see the Lions finish second in the division next season. It wouldn't be surprising to me at all. It really wouldn't. Um, speaking of the Lions uh, and their bad days, former Lions head coach and current Raiders defensive line coach Rod Marinelli, he goes ahead and retires. Um, he has he has hung him up. Uh, good riddance, am I right, Alex? Well, um, this is not a Dave Gettleman situation, but <laughs> he does have the dubious honor of being one of only two head coaches in NFL history. To have a winless season. Yes. Well, I think the Browns had a winless season as well. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, <laughs> he was part of the 2018 winless season. Uh, nothing really inspiring from Rod Marinelli. It's like, okay, well, I would say, you know, okay, fine, bye. You know, I'm not sad to see him leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, def- again, it's not it's not a situation like Dave Gettleman where he should not have been allowed to retire. They should have you know, drug him out in the street. Yeah. But uh, regardless, you know, it's like, okay, bye. He got, he got shit canned by the lions, went on to be a defensive line coach. He's, he's been a few other places, but ultimately uh, his career ends in Vegas. Uh, He has decided to retire some, uh, I think he's been in the league for over 20 years at this point. So Yep. Goodbye to Rod Marinelli. Tyler, do you have any good Rod Marinelli Rod Marinelli stories? How easy for me to say, um, or or feelings about the gentleman? Does anyone? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just being just being fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you go zero and sixteen. I mean, it makes me appreciate Dan Campbell even more. Like like they were on their brink of losing, and all of a sudden that team that was already fighting hard fought harder. Like, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It was it was uh, something it, to behold. That was still a bowling shoe ugly season when yeah. you look at it from the whole picture. But you just look at the the second half. Well, that's the thing is we knew it was going to be ugly, but Campbell made it, and that team made it so much less ugly than I had anticipated. It's somewhat right. tolerable, right? Yeah, somewhat. Tolerable. <laughs> they were in every game. Yeah, yeah. It was it was interesting. Um, also, uh, around that division, the Vikings, they go ahead and hire former Broncos defensive coordinator, Ed Donatel as their new defensive coordinator. This is one I really like. Uh, the Broncos have had a good defense for several years now. Donatel was responsible for, uh, the Broncos 2018, 2019 and 2020 seasons. 
Um, I really like this. I think this is a good hire. Am I right? Yes. I, I like it a lot. Um, smart play right there. They get away with one and, and they find themselves. A lot of people were leaning toward Vic Fangio, which I totally wouldn't be against because he had a really good defense over there. There were a lot of good options out there. Yeah. Yeah. For DCs. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I think Donatel was one of them. Um, easy Ed is what they, they continuously have called them, uh, called him since he's, uh, been hired on. Also, the Vikings dip back into that Broncos uh, stuff. They, they hire the Broncos assistant, Chris Cooper, as a the uh, offensive line coach. The Broncos have notoriously had a very good offensive line, and here we are again. They had themselves a good offensive line year again. Um, they go ahead and get Cooper. I, I like this play as well. Tyler, what do you think? I do. I do like that one. But you know what's got me in, in- – I'm not saying I'm someone who likes to watch the world burn. I don't. I don't live in chaos, right, Scott? I'm <laughs> bullshit. <laughs> but Alex, yeah, level with me here. Uh, How funny would it be if the Rams win the Super Bowl and Kevin O'Connell goes, "You know what? I like this. I'm staying." And uh, pulls the Josh McDaniels. Uh, <laughs> oh boy, because one, you know, you, you stay. You you lose out on a on a on a, is he an offensive coordinator? Yeah, he's a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator at this point. Oh God! Right, and Matthew Stafford gets a ring after uh, bouncing from Detroit for thirteen years. Yeah, so that would uh, that would be funny. Painful. But but no, in, in all seriousness though, that that would kind of terrify me though because we've seen Josh McDaniel do it, and and th- it would be after McDaniel, and and honestly, in Gail's case, it was after he agreed signed to be the head coach, hired a whole staff. And then went back to New England. Yeah, like a freaking asshole. Like I don't, I don't know how he's getting their shot. I don't understand. I still don't know. I still don't know how he's getting a shot with the Raiders. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, also, over on that West Coast, the Chargers they go ahead and hire former Vikings assistant coach Ryan Ficken as their new special teams coordinator. Ficken was a former uh, special teams guy with the Vikings. He gets hired on. I actually think this is a really smart play for the Chargers. They had a really tough time on special teams this year. And uh, they they moved on from their special teams coordinator, and now they get Ficken. Smart play here, right? Yes. Yeah, I I think this is that's very smart on on their end. Um, the the Vikings special teams were actually pretty darn good this year. Um, also the Steelers they go ahead and hire former senior defensive assistant and secondary coach. Um, the, their former defensive assistant and secondary coach to be their new defensive coordinator. Um, and they also went out and hired on Lewis Riddick, or they're they're interviewing Lewis Riddick for their vacant GM spot right now. Um, the GM spot. Yeah, weird, right? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, this is kind of like right up the Mayock tree, right? Yeah. Yeah. But him as a GM, that's that's it's a weird one. I don't I don't hate it, but it's a weird one. Yeah. It it. Just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. And and uh, I, I skipped over his name, Terrell Austin for the Steelers, by the way. Uh, new DC. Former uh, Raven. Yeah, I, it's not a not a bad thing, but um yeah, I don't I don't know how I feel about Lewis Riddick. And I, I feel like I don't lot, know either. A lot of these guys, these these newscasters, Mike Mayock is a, a great example, right, Alex? I mean Mike Mayock, he went out and he he uh, um, he, he, I feel like he almost damaged his own career as an analyst going over to the Raiders and then shit in the bed with the Raiders with his horrible drafting and whatnot. Yeah. And here we are. 
like Mike Mayock's without a job. I don't know that Mike Mayock's ever going to work at ESPN ever again, right? Well, I mean, if you've got a track record like that, where it was your job to put stuff together and think, oh, I'm going to try to do this GM stuff for real. And like you said, shit the bed. I'm like, mm, they probably they probably might not let him back in. Yeah, I I feel like you're damaging your own career going from, oh, hey, I'm an analyst to uh, and I this is a guy that, that does like draft stuff that yeah. oh this is I mean to going oh I'm gonna go over to the Raiders having a terrible set of drafts mm-hmm. failing on every level getting fired I mean at that point are you really an expert are you really a good <laughs> analyst like what 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 does ESPN need you for at that point they got plenty of other people that they can hire right so bye-bye yeah I mean Tyler what do you make of this you know, I see exactly what you're saying too, because because he was he was the GM, and it's been the last couple of years. Every year, it feels like we're talking about the Raiders and why they drafted Rugs as the first receiver off the board, why they took Arnett as the first corner off the board, and every year they're the topic of conversation. Right. We, it's we like talk- he's trying. It's like it's like he tried to get cute. Yeah. And it didn't work. And, and I don't know if he was just like like this blind trust of, of John Gruden, and a lot of me wants to think a lot of that had to do with crazy John Gruden. But at the same time, like, I just really feel like it just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to, to possibly put your broadcasting career in jeopardy to go and be a general manager somewhere. And if you fail, you look like an idiot, and then nobody takes you seriously as an analyst. At least I wouldn't. I see a guy like Mike Mayock now, and I'm like, eh, he kind of doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. And you know, and- it's kind of like, it's kind of like in, in like in like fantasy football, where like if someone auto drafts <clears throat> Bert, <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry, uh, where like usually like your, your team's going to probably end up average at best, right? And but then people take risks and fail, and people and people take risks and do well. Um, yep. if you don't know what you're doing, like. Just take best available at that point, and you're probably going to be fine. But no, you reached for rugs, you reached for Arnett, and you reached, and that's just that's just that's just the headliners. Like your whole drafts always reaches, and none of them have panned out. Yeah, none between of them. between drunk drivings, on field play, none of your first round draft picks or second or first three rounds. Only like two players are still on your team right now. Right. I mean, it just it. I, I, it's just senseless. It was a senseless play. Um, I, I, I just, yeah, I'm not a fan. I, I just, I think this was a bad idea on his end. And uh, yeah, now here he is jobless. And we're all kind of pointing and laughing at Mike Mayock. Um, just a shit show. Just a shit show. But here we are. So uh, we have that going on. Also, um, the Giants hire former Ravens linebacker coach, former Bills linebackers coach, and former linebackers coach at Vanderbilt. John, I'm going to murder this last name, John Igarugu as the new linebackers coach of the Giants. I'm not entirely mad at this hire because he was a, a Ravens linebackers coach when they were going to the uh, the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. He's a former Bills assistant linebackers coach, and the Bills have had successful linebackers for a while. Linebackers coach at Vanderbilt, which, I mean, eh, whatever. But I think this is a good hire. Um, I, I really like this hire. The Giants kind of went on a hiring spree this week, uh, really, 
They, they went and hired a uh, former wide receiver coach for the Bears, Rams, Eagles, and Colts. Uh, Mike Groh is their new wide receivers coach. Um, I like that hire as well. Well, and they got their D.C. now, right? They, um, was it Giants that hired Wink? Yes, yeah. the, the, and that was the one I was going to get to last. The, the Giants go ahead and fire, hire former Ravens D.C., uh, Don Wink Martindale. You know, Martindale is a decent D.C. I don't think he's bad or anything. I think he's more of a, a – He's it's more of a, a circumstantial firing that he had over there with the Ravens. Yeah, because outside of this year, outside of the, of the injury bug year, I mean, his defense has always if I if I, 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 I'm going to be guessing up here, I'm going to guess he's always been above top 12. Yeah, one of the higher defenses, one of the better defenses in the league. So uh, hiring of the linebacker coach makes sense to me because like they've been together a long time. So it it's it's a, it's a logical hiring. And then then but to wink. That's it's it's a good hiring for for to help build a defense that could really use the help. Yeah. Well, you th- well you see, you know, the Giants have been in dumpster fire, Bill. You know, all season last year. I mean, it's, it's an absolute, you know, total rebuild. And of course, Dave Gettleman drove the bus into the ground, so to speak. So, you know, having all these guys come in, you know, you would hope that it would bring a, a little positive. Uh, influence. Yeah, and I think Wink Martindale, he also made another so Wink came in as the Giants uh, new defensive coordinator and he gets a hire of his own. The Giants went ahead and hired former Vikings defensive line coach Andre Patterson as their new defensive line coach. Andre Patterson is the guy that's responsible for guys like Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin. I, I mean, these the Jared Allen, all these guys. Andre Patterson's been with the Vikings forever. Mm-hmm. So I like this hire too. I think this is a smart play, right? Right, guys. I mean, am I am I, am I wrong here? No, yes, I'm. I'm with you on that. I think that's brilliant. Yeah, brilliant I mean, for a they, team that had so the some like the least amount of pressures in the league. I mean, goddamn, what what a great hire! Absolutely. So you know, maybe maybe it's the Giants' time to shine now. You know, maybe things will get a little uh, uneasy in Dallas. Well, I mean, if don't they still have Joe Judge? No, no I, Joe I, Judge I, long gone. <laughs> more on him in a second yeah joe judge is long gone but um yeah no they 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 did hire their new head coach i i um they went and hired uh brian deball oh yeah deball that's right so uh, they're putting together a coaching staff and it's not like the giants didn't have the personnel they right. they've had the personnel so i mean i, no, I they just, have uh, they, they have a quarterback that's decent enough to get the job done well he's probably not great but he's still Decent enough to where with the talent they got, it shouldn't be a problem. I think he's like a high end, you know, number thirteen to twelve quarterback. But then on the low end, he's probably closer to twenty one, twenty two. And Daniel Jones is going to get a benefit from a guy like DeBall, and all these defensive guys are going to really benefit from having Andre Patterson. And I, I mean, like, I, I just think this is and Wink Martindale. I mean, this is a really almost an elite defensive coordinator situation, at least on paper. We'll yeah. see if it works out, but mm-hmm. but man, it's brilliant. And then they go. The Giants went ahead and they hired former Panthers offensive line coach Tony Sperano Jr. as their assistant offensive line coach. I like this hire too. Uh, the Panthers have notoriously had good offensive lines throughout the last several years, and then he's going to be working under the former Bills offensive line coach Bobby Johnson as the new offensive line coach over there. So, you know, DeBall is kind of poaching Bills. Uh, uh, coaches here to come to yeah. the Giants, and and they're putting together like an all-star cast of guys. I mean, really, a lot of people thought Andre Patterson could have been a head coach for the Vikings for a while there. 
I mean, this I'm looking at this and I'm going the Giants coaching staff is a really good staff right now. I mean, is everybody with me there? Yes. It's it certainly sounds From staff like perspective. It. It's there. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, now you just got to get the right personnel in the draft. Right. They, they've got a few a few spots to fill, particularly, I think, more so on the defensive side of the football. But and they, they do have to get some offensive line guys. But I mean, really, this has been something to behold the way that Brian DeBall has been hiring these names. I'm, I'm all fired up for the Giants. <laughs> I'm yeah. excited for them. <laughs> I mean, and uh, they but uh, one to get one group I'm not excited for is the New England Patriots. They went and hired the ex Giants head coach Joe Judge as their offensive assistant. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good luck with that mess. What? And, and he's a, it's an offensive assistant. Yeah. Yeah. How how much do you think they're going to dip in the well for him? Well, first of all, there's not much to dip in because the the well's not that deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joe Judge is an absolute shit show. I don't understand why anybody would be hiring that guy at this point. Uh, Tyler, do you think Joe Judge deserves a job and the NFL in general? Fuck no. yeah that's your take that's your take from t t cubed yeah we are all the same call it a hot take but (laughs) it's fact (laughs) um the next up we've got uh and speaking of the patriots tom brady has come out and said if if it wasn't for the tuck rule I'm probably drew bledsoe's backup in 2002 do you think that that's an accurate statement no, because he still took him to at that. What was that the divisional round at that point? The Raiders. Yep. I think he's still the starter. I think it's nonsense. Well, that's a bad yeah. prediction. I will tell you that. I will tell you this. Uh, that kind of sheds a whole new light on the whole. Uh, you know, that makes that asterisk next to his name yeah. quite a bit bigger. Yeah, yeah. He he basically called himself shitty. At yeah, that point. <laughs> you know that old saying, uh, it's better to keep your mouth shut and have people think you're a cheater, think you're stupid, than to open your mouth. And well, I don't think, it, oh. in that respect, I don't think it really changes much. Just Brady just talking. Yeah, yeah <laughs> damn. I, I don't know. Sometimes I just, Jesus Christ. Um, next up, I, I want to point out something real quick here that, that nobody seems to be looking at. The Chiefs offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, his contract is expiring. He's he's a free agent right now. Um, he's working without a contract. Working, he's, he's a free agent now after this season. So does any does he stay with the Chiefs? Does anybody go and pick him up as an OC? I, I would love to see him get picked up by the Vikings. I mean, anybody who wants Eric Bieniemy, go get him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> this, this guy is a good OC. Um, I, I'm amazed that this guy's working without a contract. What's your take on this, Tyler? I know you're not big on Bieniemy. Um, it'd be an opportunity for him to go to a team and kind of prove me wrong there. Um, yeah. I'm surprised they haven't got him resigned yet. And there's really no, nothing that says the reason why it just, it hasn't been taken care of yet. Like there's nothing that says that he doesn't want a contract or the chiefs don't want him. It's just, it's just weird. Yeah. Strange situation. I, I don't, I don't get it, but, uh, yeah, Eric B you know, he, uh, his, his contract expires. Um, and, and nobody's sure if he's going to stay with the chiefs or not, but, uh, one guy whose contract didn't expire Titans, they go and extend uh, head coach, Mike Vrabel. Uh, I think this is a smart play. And they also extended their GM, John Robinson. Um, both. I think these are smart moves, right? hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think they're, they're smart teams that, that 
consistently make the playoffs. Yep. Plus, you made the playoffs without Derrick Henry. Yeah. You know, you basically didn't have that bulldozer in the backfield standing 10 yards back, mowing people down like they were out of Pop Warner. Yeah. So, and with uh, not an elite quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, sorry. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But no, but it's like if you were able to take a a guy like Ryan Tannehill and, and the squad that he had, to the playoffs, number one seed, no less. Granted, the AFC was a tossed salad of talent. Yep. Compared to the NFC, but you know to have the coaches and the coach and the GM responsible for putting that together, keep them around. I think it's a smart move. Yeah. Um, also, uh, another move I thought was really smart: the Dolphins. They decide to retain their defensive coordinator, Josh Boyer. I thought this was a smart play. The Dolphins' defense has been very, very good, mm-hmm. and and um, I think he he was was instrumental in that for when Brian Flores was there. I'm sad to see Brian Flores go, but I think that DC needed to stick around, right, Tyler? Yeah, no, it, it was that was a beautiful signing because we just talked about this um quietly over the last three years, despite no playoff appearances, the Dolphins have been have been in like the top twelve most consistent teams in the league. Yep, and and they're about to get even more consistent at a higher level, I think, because they went out and hired the 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel as a new head coach. He's kind of a weird guy. Um, yeah, I don't know if you saw the interviews with him, but he's just a weird dude. Uh, but he's he's smart, and you can tell he knows his football. He's 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 a weird dude, but I can't argue his his brain. Like it, he seems to be one of those. I don't want to say like uh, generational talent type brains, but he kind of seems that way. Yeah, he could be. It's it's a strange situation, but he he seems like he's he's feeling pretty positive. And and to Alex, what Alex just said, he said he's not Adam Gase weird. I don't think anybody could be Adam Gase weird. Not really. Yeah, eyeballs popping out of his head, drugged out at his at his uh, uh, press conference. But I digress. Um, also, the Seahawks are firing are hiring former Bears defensive coordinator Sean Desai as an associate head coach for defense. Um, weird, weird, uh, uh, weird designation. Yeah, weird designation. I, that, yeah, weird job title. I, I don't understand that, but I, I is he even going to be on the field? Yeah, I, I like Sean Desai. I think he he was really good for the Bears uh, defense. I, I think on the defensive side of the football this past year. They had a rough go because their secondary sucked. But even then, they were really great against the run. They were really strong up front. They just had a problem stopping the pass because all of their personnel went bye bye. Uh, I like this hire, right? I do. I I, I think I think I agree with you on this one. Yeah, I, I like to say I I don't understand why the Bears let him go, um, other than the fact that he was part of the past uh, organization's um, the, the past uh, uh, coaching staff. But you know. Hey, <laughs> I, I think the Seahawks, they go ahead and fix a lot. Their defense has been a shit show uh, all season long, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. So here we are. Um, the Bills wide receiver Emmanuel Sanders has started hitting at retirement. Uh, he's citing his family as the reason. I think it's time. I, I do. I think it's time, don't you? I agree. I, I, I think he, he's, had a, he's had a very good career. Um, I'm not gonna say it's like Hall of Fame career level, but he's he's done very well. I think I think it's time. Yeah, he's he's getting uh, older. He slowed down quite a bit. He had a little over 600 yards this year. He was a decent number number two, number three in that Bills system. But you know, I eh, it's about that time. 
I think Emmanuel Sanders can go home and everybody will be happy. And uh, last but not least, before we start, uh, before we jump into break and then get to Super Bowl stuff, uh, Munich, Germany is set to host the first NFL game in Germany in 2022. Super excited for that one, right? Yeah, I mean, well, if you're going to go to a, if you're going to go to a country that is ridiculous with their beer, you know, go send the two worst teams in the league, the Atlanta <laughs> Falcons versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, in an all white trash spectacular. Yeah, but in, in 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 all seriousness, it's very exciting uh, to see uh, the expansion to Germany. You know, pretty soon we're going to I here's a bold prediction. And within the next five years, we will have an NFL game in Mexico. We already have. Well, we already well, have. Well, yeah, we've had a every game. year. But where I, you I, been, Alex? Yeah, where you been? Follow the product. No, uh, yeah, no, I, where have I been? I think I think we are going to have an NFL team though in the Europe in the, that European region, and I don't know that that's going to be entirely fair mm, uh, right. to the rest of the league. But I do think we are going to have a European NFL team at some point in the near future. Here, I mean. It's almost inevitable at this point, right? It kind of seems that way, but at the same time, though, um, it's proved that that um, um, when they, when we have the games overseas, that they get behind no matter who's over there. So I don't know if it will happen, but they're definitely going to try to expand that relationship at bare minimum. I think, I think it would be smart. The um. The the big ones are you know like London I think is is kind of in line for their their first American football team there and and American style football and and I I really do think that the NFL is going to try and make it a, a concerted effort to try and and create a team in London uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all and they we've played so many games over there and we've seen it consistently happen as for this game in Germany. I believe it or not, the, there's a huge, and I don't understand what the hell is going on. There's a huge following of Vikings fans in Europe. Just, a, I guess they're they're the, one of the most popular teams in Europe. Uh, well, you do have to realize that uh, in the continent of Europe, there is Scandinavia. Yeah, <laughs> that's where they came right, from. Right, right. But I mean, I just I'm amazed by how many fans it, it like NFL fans are in Europe right now, and and. Yeah. The uh, I could definitely see the Vikings going over and being that first team that goes to Germany, particularly in Germany. The the Vikings fans in Germany, there's I the the NFL did a report on it that there was just a ridiculous amount of German Vikings fans. <laughs> so uh, I could definitely see the Vikings winding up over there in Germany as well as um, in London. They've been in London before. I could see that happening. Um, but yeah, going to Germany that's going to be an exciting time, especially in the month of October. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't October, that be Oktoberfest is going to be lit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we have that. So, Tyler, that's our news around the league so far. We've got Super Bowl news. We've got uh, the Tyler's Top 10, Freight Town's Forgotten 5. We've got our bold predictions. I have a So we have our several bold predictions, but I have a really fun one for you guys that I think is going to be very entertaining. For the Super Bowl? For the Super Bowl, yes. But uh, – yeah, I'm going to – we'll throw those out there shortly. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll jump into Super Bowl news, Tyler's Top 10, Freytown's Forgotten 5, and our Super Bowl predictions. We'll be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way offering Swedish deep tissue, 
pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen Ladies and gentlemen Are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, y'all Get ready And welcome back to Outside Blitz. I'm your host, Tyler Dean. Boo. Boo. Boo that man. Wow, I wasn't introduced Alex, but you, you, you joined the the the, uh, the hype train over there with dipshit, so you don't get instruction either. <laughs> and I am your host, dipshit. I mean the fabulous Scotty Freytown. Uh, and I'm sitting over here with the in-studio with uh, the Cannonball Alex Steele. We are back, and uh, we got Super Bowl stuff to talk about. Uh, I'm fired up. Big games tomorrow. We are on Super Bowl Eve, and we're we're cooking out pork butts, and we're doing all this good stuff. So all fired up for Super Bowl Eve. Tyler, are you fired up for the Super Bowl? Yeah, I'm just not looking for how late the game ends. It should start at like 4 o'clock. So I, I'm you, an old man. That's just because you're an old man, and you like to go to bed at like 9 o'clock. Well, after- the, the, difference, the difference, too, is, uh, is of the three of us, I'm the one has to work at 6 in the morning. Uh, Tyler's like, I've been here forever. <laughs> but you don't, Scott, you don't go but you don't go to work till like six at night, so I don't want to hear it. Yeah, well, it's it's fine. I see I can I, I go through the night and I still record all these podcasts and I still edit them out and I'm still dad of the year, right? Blah blah blah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh we we have um Super Bowl news, so we, we do have some some injury news and and actually some contract news. So first and foremost, let's talk about the contract news. It was kind of a fun report. Rams wide receiver Odell Beckham says he's willing to sacrifice salary to stay with the Rams next season. What? Yeah, a very interesting report here. Do you think the Rams retain him? And if they do, what does this mean for Robert Woods? If the Rams retain Beckham, Robert Woods, through no fault of his own, will be out the door. You think so? Yes. Wow. Mm, that's wild. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a, a bold one there, Cotton. Um, so if uh, here's my thing about it, and I'll say this. I do believe that, that um, they can retain Odell. Um, I mean, Matt Stafford's salary drops considerably uh, this, this, uh, this next season. I don't know if anybody realizes this. this year, Matt Stafford only made 19 million. Really? Very interesting. But, uh, my, my thing is this, I, I, I think Odell's a really good receiver. I, I don't know if the Rams retain him. I don't know if he's better than Robert Woods, but still it makes for good, you know, water cooler talk here. I, I would actually still stick with Robert Woods because I'm a big oh, fan. No, I I would too. I, I wasn't saying what I would do. I'm saying what it's going to happen. How, how <laughs> old is OBJ versus Robert Woods? Same age. Same age. Like yep. Three months of each other. Yeah. So I, I would stick with Robert Woods personally, but still OBJ, um, he, he makes a, a very 
um, intriguing case for himself because of how he's played in the back half of the season since the trade. Well, plus his, uh, his reputation is just being, you know, uh, an annoying person and, uh, you know, not in LA, right. Apparently not, not in Los Angeles. Uh, so I don't know if he just needed a change in scenery or what, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, I mean, that's very surprising, uh, that he would say he would cut his salary. He would sacrifice. Pay. Well, so there's a story out there. It makes it less surprising. Oh. When Beckham got when Beckham got traded, he took his entire salary that he was getting for the Rams, and he put it in all into Bitcoin. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so at the, at the time, Bitcoin was it, so Bitcoin had dropped at in, in at one point it dropped to like thirty one thousand, but then it was shot up back up to like sixty five thousand, and that's sure. and that's when he put all his money back into Bitcoin. It is currently at thirty two thousand. So, <laughs> so so basically, he is actually. It's down, dropped in half. So he's actually his his money's gone. It went down in half. So he actually is negative what his salary is for playing with the Rams currently. Wow! Wow! Losing money. That's yeah. not good. Well, so so the fact he said that he that he would that he would sacrifice his paycheck to stay at the Rams, I buy it. Yeah, I and this is not something that you would you would see out of the OBJ from New York. I don't think right. Yes and no. I think OBJ in, in general is cocky enough to put his entire salary on something he believes is going to work. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And then find out it doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was a, a it was bad, just bad luck. Yeah. It was because had, had he done it three months prior, he'd be looking like a million bucks right now. Oh, yeah. No L- doubt. Lit- literally. Anything yeah. Really. Yep. So the stocks, yeah. they suck. You you might see OBJ with the with the Rams uh, in the coming seasons. Wouldn't it be something, however, if the Rams retained all three Cup, Woods, and Odell? No, and and that is something that's very well possible. But the reason I don't think it's going to happen is because of how the back half of the season has also went for young Van Jefferson. You think so? I think the back half of the season was good enough for Big to say, "Hey, we got a kid. We got a rookie contract. We don't need to pay three receivers big money when." we can make Van Jefferson our three. See, I'm not sold on Van Jefferson and I haven't been sold on Van Jefferson for a while. I, I'm just not. Um, the, the Rams moving into 2022, they will be $7 million over the cap. Which moving. is another reason why they're not going to be able to retain all three. Yeah, actually. And they're, they're, they're going to, they're going to run with the low contract dollars. I believe it was, he was not a first round pick, so they're not paying him much. Right. What do you think? And, up ends up if he gets cut. Who? Or, no, not Cooper Cup. You mean Robert Woods? Oh, Robert Woods. Yeah, they ain't say they ain't cutting Cooper <laughs> Um That makes sense. I'm yeah. saying. No, um, Robert- at that point, there, there's a lot of teams that could that could benefit from from Robert Woods and or Beckham. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I think if I see, I would stick with with Robert Woods. But if Robert Woods did hit, um, if he did hit free agency at this point, you know. I think Robert Woods, he's he's thirty years old. I think you know, right? A, a veteran guy. I think the Jags could be looking at him. I could see the Texans looking at him. They're tw- I thought him and Beckham were twenty eight. Are they 30? 30, 1992. Oh, yep, thirty this year. Yep. So I mean, <clears throat> you know, I I could see him getting looked at by a few other teams. Uh, you know, and, and it's it's unfortunate that they're kind of lower tier teams, I guess, or what are considered lower tier teams. But if he goes to the right situation, it could be a positive well, thing. Here's two teams that are not lower tier that he could potentially go to if the cap worked out. And one's the Bills. Yeah. And the second one's the Ravens. 
Yeah, I could see him going to the Ravens. That would be a good pickup. However, I don't see it happening mostly because of the lingering Lamar Jackson contract. Yes, yeah, that that is looming. You could you can see the big number is coming. So I mean, it's it's uh, going to be an interesting thing to see which one. Well, gets- it might be coming. That's one news we haven't talked about. Is uh, DaCosta has been eager to talk contracts, but Lamar hasn't. Yeah, yeah, and and. and- Nobody really knows what the reasoning is. Like, there's no like hard indication that he's like uninterested in like just playing at the Ravens. Like, it doesn't seem like there's a, there's a case where he just wants to play for another team, so he's just avoiding it. It seems like one of of a few reasons. Maybe it, it could be that. It could be that he wants to pull the Flacco, which nobody could blame him. And like, hey, I'm coming off of a year where I was hurt for five games, so realistically, my stock is the lowest it's been since I got here. Yeah. So uh, I mean, from I think, from his perspective, you should want to play another year before signing your contract because you're you're going to help your value. Yeah, it's much like a, a senior in in the college ranks that wants to go into the NFL draft. Um, you you saw it recently out of Spencer Rattler. Spencer Rattler, you know, had a bad year this year in Oklahoma, transferred out, went to a different school. Good for him, and and he's looking to rebuild that draft stock so he can wind up being that first round pick that everybody projected him to be at the beginning of this season. And that's that's kind of what we're seeing here. We're seeing a situation where Lamar is saying, hey, well, my stock is low. The cost is really eager to get a, a, a contract done because Lamar's stock is low because he was hurt and he didn't play it. You know, it, it wasn't a very incredible season for Lamar. Well, I mean, uh, up until he got hurt, he was an MVP watch. But I mean, that's what you, you, got, you got a half year of stats, so it's still going to hurt your overall stock. Exactly. And, and so I, I just I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know about it. I think Lamar Jackson is worth every penny that they're going to wind up paying him. Because the they- thing is, is if he go, if, if he waits to the end of this year and becomes a, um, he will get tagged. I mean, if, if it goes the whole season, he's going to get tagged. It's, it's a no brainer. Yeah. I but agree. if I don't necessarily agree with it, but if, if they go this year and win a Super Bowl in a contract year, you will be paying Lamar Jackson more than Mahomes only because of the salary cap change now versus when Mahomes signed. Yeah, you'll see about 52-53, I think. Yes. That's, but that's, there's other things that play because Lamar Jackson is one of – count on your, on one hand of players and and the only, like, uh, high-profile player that doesn't have an agent. Yeah. So there is a standpoint where Lamar could be on, like, the, the eyes of Tom Brady to where, like, he's willing to not get paid that shit ton of money, but he's trying to figure out exactly how much he's willing to accept. Yeah, I think his his agent is basically his mother. Am I right? Technically, his mother, but I think it's like between him and her. And then, so I hope they I hope they think you know what twenty million sounds great. Let's build a team. I would be thrilled. Yeah, that that's that's the the mark of a winner in my in my. But know. there's also another theory, and these are all theories. There's 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 no reports. There's no any. There's no rumors. There's no nothing. It's all theories. Yeah. There's a theory in. As a human being, I couldn't blame him for it. There's a theory that he's going to – because he's going to his fifth-year option, which is a significantly higher dollar. Mm-hmm. It's going to be around 25. Great, great, great salary. That he could play that out and say, you know what? I'm good. I'm going home. Oh, wow. Ooh. Wow. I can't see that happening, but as a person like, – Scott, you, you, you just – over five years, you, you, you made about $35 million. You could go home. Oh yeah, I can go home and be very comfortable. You're not gonna, I mean, at home. Why, why, why risk the injury? Yeah, I agree. 
Yeah, I could see that. That that could be a thing. I, I doubt it is, but I, I that could be a thing. So and this, and it, you know the same thing for um, Kyler Murray though. Like there there's there actually is some rumor that he might go to baseball. I mean he his contract is owned by the A's. Yeah, technically speaking, it is. The A's did draft him, and, and I believe technically speaking, from a collegiate level, he is good enough to be in the pros. Yeah, yeah, I think he is. It would be interesting to see him leave and go to baseball. Um, it's never happened. We've had players that had that dual eligibility type thing. I believe Russell Wilson and Mahomes or just Russell. Just Russell, I think. But we've but, never actually seen it happen. Yeah. The, the last time we saw a dual eligibility thing was Bo Jackson. And, and, um, that, or no, that Russell Wilson. Well, the, the dual eligibility thing where a guy actually played. Well, I think they actually kind of stopped allowing you to. Yeah, I, the the guy actually played was Bo. He he went and played both sports. But um, you know, I, say I I could see Kyler possibly going there, but I think a lot of the situation for Kyler right now is he wants the money, and he ain't gonna get it. And he ain't gonna get it. And and I think he's kind of reaching for it. And I think he thinks that there's a team out there that's gonna go ahead and offer it to him. And and the Cardinals aren't gonna trade him. Unless they get well, a haul. And that's the thing is um, you could trade Kyler Murray and you would get a haul because I still stand by he's probably worth around that DAC money of 40 because I still think Kyler Murray's a great quarterback. But anybody is high to ask for more than Mahomes' money because regardless of where Mahomes stands in the greatest quarterbacks of all time, even Aaron Rodgers couldn't ask for Mahomes' 50 because nobody in the last five years of football has had four straight AFC championships, two Super Bowl appearances, and a Super Bowl win. Yeah, and that's the big thing. That that's the part that that blows. right now no vets, no nobody can touch what Mahomes asking price is at this moment. So yeah, the fact that one, Kyler Murray's even thinking that is you're out of your goddamn mind. That's the one thing that sets the bar for me for for Mahomes in this situation. It's that that marquee. It's a fuck the 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 championship games. Fuck the two Super Bowl appearances. The Super Bowl win. He won. That's the thing that that sets it off for me. He won. And and he's got a ring. Yeah, at twenty four years old. Yeah, before he was old enough to rent a car. Yeah, I I mean, well, he's I think twenty one is the age. But I I digress. You know, twenty four years old, you go out and you win a Super Bowl. That's when he got his. That's when he got paid. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like yep. you got paid at that point. But I, I just I don't know. I I think that's a a. An but ad- even Mahomes wouldn't have got paid what he got if if he got if he did his contract before the bowl, it wouldn't have been fifty. No, it would have been probably like, 35. That's a big reason why Flacco got paid at the time. Um, it was 24 was the highest paid in the league. Right. That's the only reason he got 24 was it was he, he bet on himself and waited one more year, won the bowl. And at that point, like regardless of how, how anyone felt in Joe, like you almost had to pay, give him that money if you wanted to retain him. You had to. I agree. So, and, and in the case of Odell Beckham, back to what we were talking about, I think in Odell's case, the, I, I think, A, he wants to be with a winner, and he can play with a winner, but he also understands he's going to have to take a salary cap to play for that winner. But at the same time, it's also what what you said, you know, the, the Bitcoin situation and, and him being in the negative as far as that goes. It, it's an interesting thing for him. Odell, you could see him get re-signed by the Rams. It's going to be one or the other. It's either going to be Robert Woods or it's going to be Odell Beckham with the Yeah, Wade. I, I'm standing by it. I'd, I'd bet a lot of money that will be one or the other, and that's mostly because – um, Van Jefferson is a viable three. He's a high end three. I don't even think he's a high end three, but I, I, I'm still not sold on Van Jefferson, but you know, a lot of people are, he's, he's had a good season, not a great season. I, I just, man, 
I'm I'm okay on on Van Jefferson, but um, Odell, as far as I'm concerned, he's I don't think he's as good as Robert Woods. I think I would rather have Robert Woods, given all the gadget plays that they do run with the Rams. I think Robert Woods is better suited for that system with McVay. But you see how Odell has played in the back half of the season. So I can see why they would go out and retain him. It wouldn't surprise me at all one bit. And the Rams also had some other stuff going on. They went and activated running back Daryl Henderson from IR ahead of the Super Bowl versus the Bengals. I think this is a nice boon for them here, getting Daryl Henderson back. He wasn't incredible this season, but he's a much better change of pace guy than a lot of people. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he wasn't incredible. And in that, I mean, that's mostly because he dealt with a lot of injuries, too. But bringing him back is a huge coup in the sense of having Akers, having Michelle, having Henderson is a hell of a combo to have it at your disposal if things start to run dry during the freaking Super Bowl. Yeah, Daryl Henderson, I, I think he's going to be, and it's going to be an additional target for Stafford, I think, with him catching out of the backfield. Yeah. And and a big reason for yeah, that make make that Bengals defense work. Yeah, and well, a big big reason I say that, and it's easy, it's good that he's going to be an additional target, is because the Rams did place tight end Tyler Higby on IR ahead of the Super Bowl versus the Bengals. He will not play in this game. Um, we know he he suffered a pretty nasty injury um, uh, in the NFC title game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Alex, yeah. do you think that Tyler Higby is is um, How big of a loss is that, not having that safety valve? This is pretty significant. When I first saw that news, I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, here we go. Uh, Then we'd see the Henderson situation. Uh, See, on the one one hand, you have Sonny Michel, who has been an absolute beast uh, throughout the year. Uh, You know, you got Daryl Henderson. (laughs) As you said, he can catch out of the backfield. Yep. Um, you're pretty safe with the Stafford and Cup show and sprinkling a little OBJ here, uh, especially if, if everybody's double covering Cooper Cup. You know, you've got, uh, you know, kind of like how, kind of like how everybody's going to be covering Jamar Chase. Yeah, and you're going to open up the options for the Bengals receivers. <clears throat> S- similar situation here, you know. Uh, but you know, having Tyler Higby, you know, as that safety valve, you know, and losing him. It's it's a problem. Yeah, you know, I I think it. it I, I I don't know if it if I ha, if it's enough to change the course of the game, uh, but it's definitely a major uh, impact. Yeah, I I think Tyler Higby is one of the more undervalued players on this Rams team, don't you, Tyler? Yes, and not to spoil anything for later, but if Higby were playing, he'd likely be in my top ten. Yeah, and and that's the thing. Like, I think he's one of the more undervalued guys. People, not enough people gave him credit for for being kind of that safety valve guy and actually really being a decent red zone threat. I I like Tyler Higby a lot, and and uh, you know I think Matt Stafford's going to miss him, but it's a good thing for him that he's getting Henderson back. And then on the under other side, when we're talking about tight ends, the Bengals they go ahead and they say they expect C.J. Uzama to play in the Super Bowl in spite of the MCL injury. I talked about that a little bit last week. Yep. Um, they weren't very sure whether or not he was going to play. I said, hey, I think he's going to play, and I stuck him as my number one guy on my, uh, my list. Five. Yeah, uh, uh, he was Frey Tom's <laughs> Forgotten Five uh, yep. last week, and uh, you know, I was listening to that. I was listening to the argument, and now that Uzama is indeed going to play, you know, this definitely changes things for the Bengals. Yeah, it's, it's a positive thing. It, it creates a nice positive outcome, and really for a Bengals offensive line that's going to have a lot to deal with, yep. um, that it, I think it's really nice to have that tight end, not just as a pass catcher, 
but is a guy that can block. And, and that's something that people forget, that tight ends do very consistently, stand on the end of that line and block those defensive ends. And when you've got some of those defensive ends running at you or those edge rushers that are li- technically stand-up linebackers. Aaron Donald. Yep, and you, then you have Aaron Donald. It allows that interior to focus a little more on Aaron Donald. Having Uzama back is a huge, a huge thing for the, the Bengals here. Uh, Tyler, I know you weren't as huge on Uzama, but I think you you also were kind of on board that he was a little above average there, weren't you? Yeah, and it's weird. A tight end position is it's it's almost two positions. Yes. And the and the reason I I, I say that and and, and I, I'm I'm going to use the Ravens as an example here. I I hate doing that because I I know it's my team, but it's it's always the easiest thing I, I can relate back to you. But the Ravens almost have. Not maybe not the best at both, but they have one of the best at both versions of that. You have Mark Andrews at that that pass catching tight end, but yes. then on the, on the flip side you have Nick Boyle. Yeah, a very very block heavy tight end. Your classic tight end. Yep. Both are very important. Like to to a certain extent, Nick Boyle is just as important to this team as as Mark Andrews is, but from two very different aspects. And one side of it, and this is where I, I'll, I'll give you the credit on, on the Uzoma thing is. A guy like Uzoma gets overlooked and kind of forgotten about because his main aspect of play gets ignored and almost get, gets viewed as a negative because they see they see a tight end position and they want to see catching numbers, but that's only half the story. Yeah, exactly, and and I uh, I'm with you on that. Now, Tyler, that's that's our news for the Super Bowl. Not a lot of news moving into the Super Bowl, but we need to talk about this L.A. Rams team. So we're going to go ahead and talk about them, and, and we're going to get them started. Your top 10 players uh, for the L.A. Rams, your top 10 impact players for them. Uh, Tyler, let's hit me with a little bit of Tyler's Top 10. Tyler's Top 10. And I know you've got uh, – see, this one for me, and, and uh, you know, spoiler alert, I got to see your list beforehand – and you were kind of laughing about it, um, you know. Uh, I, I is the low hanging fruit, right? A, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. Well, when I get to hear it, we'll we'll, uh, we'll prove that theory. It was a lot of bit. <laughs> a lot of bit of that. But uh, Tyler, hit me with your your Tyler's top ten, your top ten impact players for the Rams moving into this Super Bowl game. All right. Number ten is a guy I know you're not big on, but if the if the if the gameplay goes how I expect it to, could be could be a lot higher than ten. Yeah, and that's Van Jefferson. If the defense of the Bengals does their job and and, and takes care of Cup and and Beckham, Jefferson's going to be relied upon heavy. Yeah, taking care of Cooper and and Beckham is going to be a tall order, but I do agree, Van Jefferson. You could I could see because of Tyler Higby being out. I could see Stafford targeting uh, Van Jefferson a lot more than than he normally would, right, Alex? Yeah, I mean, the point that I'm going to make is that uh, just like the Chiefs game, just like the AFC Championship game, uh, you know, I know it was kind of boogerish to bring it up, but uh, if the if the Bengals defense does show up, and out of the third, out of you know, out of the three AFC teams that were either in the division or the championship game. The Bills didn't show up. The Chiefs didn't show up. The Bengals did. So mm-hmm. they show up in the Super Bowl. You know, it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding for the Rams. Yeah. So so this makes sense to have Van Jefferson as the impact player at the bottom of the list, simply because 
you know, you need to have options. Yeah. Matt Stafford needs those, uh, those targets. That's, that's one thing that he's going to need against this Bengals defense that has actually played above average with Eli Apple and Mike Hilton and in that secondary and Jesse Bates and all those guys. And, and they have come up and played really solid in that secondary, something that nobody expected them to do. He's going to need that sort of safety valve guy. So I agree that Van Jefferson needs to be on your list. I agree with you here, Tyler. And and even though I'm not big on him, and I think he's kind of a lot of people are putting a little too much stock in him. Uh, you know, he's still going to be. An, he a, he was in the top in the top 25 of targeted players in, in the league this year, which is surprising. I mean, and for a guy, he, who, he, he had a back half season that was re- very memorable. I didn't even see. I mean, maybe for you, I was. It wasn't memorable to me. I don't know. Maybe it's just me, though. Um, yeah, probably because you might have been drinking too much. <laughs> Look at that Van Jefferson guy. No, number number nine, Leonard Floyd. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. No doubt, uh, pass rushing extraordinaire. He's going to be the one of the like. So Leonard Floyd, everybody's been been losing their shit about Von Miller and and the fact that Von Miller came over to the Rams. Everybody's been talking about Von Miller. Oh, my God, look how good he's been. Oh, my God, ever since he came from Denver, he's been so great. And I agree, Von Miller has been something special. But we also have to to take a step back and remember that Floyd is still on this team. Yep. And Floyd is still a very good pass rusher. He's still a major part of this defense. Leonard Floyd is a good player. And I want to see if they can start utilizing him to get pressure on Matt Stafford and scare the bejesus out of that guy if Aaron Donald can't. Well, get get this too. I mean, he used he was in the NFC North with the Bears uh, a long time ago, and you know, as long as Stafford has been in the league, it would not surprise me to uh, to have learned that Leonard Floyd had a couple of sacks. I don't uh, know why I said he's got to pressure Matt Stafford. He's got to pre- see if he can put pressure, pressure on Joe on Burrow. Joe Burrow. I don't know why I said Matt Stafford. That's okay. No, it, probably because we remember uh, when he was a Bear <laughs> going up against Detroit. No. But this is a different situation. We, we, we have to uh, recognize the fact that this man is now on the Rams team, and he his main job, along with Aaron Donald, mm-hmm. and, uh, and that entire defensive line, is to get is to get to Joe Cool. Right, uh, Leonard Floyd. He's he's a real Really great linebacker. I, I do. I, I was thinking of Dante Fowler, but I digress. Leonard Floyd, great linebacker. The the Bears dumped him, and he's making them look stupid for it. <laughs> right. I, I think I think him putting pressure on on uh, uh, Joe Burrow is going to be. It's going to be a major part of what the the Rams need to do. Joe Burrow needs to have. Uh, um, he needs to. It, it, it's not going to be difficult because the Joe the offensive line in Cincinnati has been bad. Let's <laughs> let's make that yeah. very clear. Yep. But Leonard Floyd needs to put pressure on Joe Burrow. That's what they're going to have to do. The Leonard Floyd is going to have to get in his face. The Rams are going to have to get in his face. And and Joe Burrow is very tough to fluster. Yep. We've seen him get knocked down and get right back up. No problem. Yep. But I think Leonard Floyd is going to be a guy that can get behind that that uh, offensive line and really whack him. And if he hits Joe Burrow just right, you could see Joe Burrow, uh, uh, you know, on his ass a number of times in this game. Might even cough up the rock. Who knows? I could see that. Number eight, Odell Beckham. Yep, I'm surprised he's low on your list. Yeah, that that is that's a pretty low placement, um, considering the top ten. I mean, I, I'm interested to see here the rest of the list. Right, uh, no doubt he needs to be on the list. Period. But it's a little, yeah. I mean, what why do you think he's so low on the list uh, compared to the other? I guess we'll find out when we. Yeah, why is he so low on your list at this point? Why is he so low on my list? Is because I, I, not to spoil what's coming up is. 
the Bengals have one very key wit weakness, and I, I think a lot of the uh, impact is going to come off the Rams' defense taking advantage of that weakness. Okay. And that's that that's that that's that that offensive line. Yeah. But yeah. needless to say, even still, Beckham's going to be a big part of this offense. No, that's no, make no mistake about that. Yeah, he's you, been a big part of this entire back half of the season. So you think the Rams are going to have a lead in this game and they're going to run that football? I do. Yeah. That, that, that's not a bad pick. You know, I, I could see that happening. Yep, yep. I, I could see that happening. But, uh, yeah, I, I I think it's a little low. I think early on you're going to see Matt Stafford targeting Odell Beckham a little more than, than – uh, people expect it, it's it's one of those things where where the Rams are going to try and get them on their heels and start firing that ball down the football field and uh that's kind of what we're going to see I, I think Matt Stafford they're going to and, and company they're going to start going for broke early and they're going to take a lead early and that's kind of been the calling card of the the Bengals they give up a lead early and then they start roaring back in the second half we could very well see that I think the Rams wind up with a lead early on in this football game and they wind up uh, uh, throwing the ball to Odell Beckham early, and that's what's going to be their uh, their bread and butter early on in this football game. Number seven, and I put him above Beckham just because I think it's going to be his last football game ever. Andrew Whitworth. Yeah, this this could be his his last hurrah. Um, I don't think he's won a Super Bowl yet in his career, has he? He's not. Yeah, yes, the I don't old. Think. He just won Walter Payton Man of the Year, so that would be be a huge thing for him. But Whitworth, uh, obviously Hall of Fame career, obviously one of the best linemen in football. Uh, they they've been he's been a huge part of their offense. He's a big leader in that locker room. That's one guy. If if the Rams were to win this bowl, I would be just ecstatic for. Yeah, is, and is Andrew. It's going to be a double edged sword for him because you know we're because he's only been on two teams. Yes. Do you know the or what he's with the Bengals? Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> long time Bengal, long time Bengal. Like he through the Andy Dalton era. Like if he wins a Super Bowl, he's gonna have to beat his former team. If he loses the Super Bowl, he he gets to have some sort of honor the fact that the team that gave him his career won the Super Bowl. Yeah. 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 He's he, so it's, he so it's a win win. Yeah, if he if he wins, then then it's a it's a big W from him for him. But you know, it's about ten years in Cincy. Yeah, yeah, that wouldn't that be uh, kind of a kick in the balls to lose to your former team in the bowl? Oh, a little bit, but yeah. it depends. On what kind of, it depends on who he is and how much loyalty he has. But like, if he still has that soft place, then it's gonna be a win-win for him. Yeah, I, I guess. But I mean, to me, I mean, the man wants a ring. Yeah, you know, and and he should get. He wants that ring, and he should get that ring. So yeah, I agree with you. Number six. Jalen Ramsey. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, he's he's the best corner on that team, arguably the best corner in the league. Obviously, he's going to have his work cut out for him, um, covering the guys like Jamar Chase and whatnot. Jalen Ramsey, when he gets burned, he gets burned bad. Did anybody ever notice that? Mm-hmm. Like, like it's when not he, as bad as Diggs. No, but. but when he gets burned, he gets burned bad. But it doesn't happen nearly as often as Diggs. I mean, he went he, normally he's pretty well on, you know, he's got a guy on an island and he's just like, all right, buddy, you're not catching this shit. Mm-hmm. But Jalen Ramsey's going to have his work cut out for him. He's going to have to cover Jamar Chase in this game. That's going to be his assignment. And you know, it's going to be a fun assignment. It's going to open up a lot of things. But I think they're going to have him and Jamar Chase 
one-on-one, man-to-man, and that's going to be just a fucking war. And I'm here for it. Do you think it's going to be on the level of Darrell Rebus versus Calvin Johnson? Oh yeah, it'll it'll be it'll be Darrell Rebus, Randy Moss. Oh, oh it'll be yeah. it'll be on that on that level where we're getting nasty with each other. It'll be Deion Sanders, Jerry Riceish, you know that whole deal. This is best, arguably best corner in the league versus arguably largest, one one of the best yeah. receivers in the league. Yeah, the one of the best young receivers in the league. I want to see if he can slow this kid down. Yeah. Jamar Chase is a huge part, and you know he's going to be going vertical. I want to see if Jalen Ramsey can stop him. And if Jalen Ramsey can stop Jamar Chase, then, woo, then you know, Joe, Joe Cool's going to have to dip into the well. Yeah, he's going to have to go into that T. Higgins well is yeah. where he's going to have to go. But, I mean, it's that's going to be an exciting one. I'm with you here. If Jalen Ramsey can cover Jamar Chase, things might get a little dicey for the Cincinnati Bengals. And now is where the controversy starts. Oh, boy. Here we go. Number five, Cooper Cup. Odd placement. Very low. Yes. Very low. I would expect him to be a number number two. But but judging by what you think is going to go down in this situation where they take the lead early and they're going to be running the football a lot, it doesn't surprise me that he's at this spot. But here's, I, the, here's the thing, and I've, I've waited weeks to talk about this, but there are so many people that say Cooper Cup is now the second best receiver in all of football. That is not true. Really? I love Cooper Cup. He's been, he's been decent to pretty good his whole career, but it, was, it took Stafford to get him over that ledge. He's not over Adams. He's not over Hill. He's not over Jefferson. He's not over Diggs. He's not over Hopkins. Yeah, I, I, I would put him in the top five. He had himself a great— He's in top ten. He's not top five. I don't even know that he's not top five. I think he could be top five. It's he's, had, really, he's had he's had one top five year ever. He's not a top five running receiver. It depends on the consistency. Yeah. Because because if if from this point forward you see Cooper Cup going in that that next level, and if Cooper Cup, let's say after Matt Stafford leaves or whatever the case may be, if Cooper Cup winds up going out there and having consistent seasons, or if he proves that, let's say Stafford leaves and he he proves that he's quarterback proof, that's a big thing for yeah. receivers is proving that. Now, I would agree. But and, I think there are receivers that have been studs every season and, and like absolute studs every season. Right. And Cup's still got a, a, a bit to go to get to that level. To yeah, me. We've seen guys, you know, like for the at the beginning of their careers, you know, we, we've seen it consistently. Guys, you know, that have been in the league four or five years and they post these 800, 900,000, you know, sometimes just breaking a thousand yards and then they blow up for like 10 years, you know, and, and, this is Cooper Cup's time. I want to see if he blows up for ten years, but we'll we'll see. We'll find out. He, I, he needs to blow up for sixty minutes. I'll yeah, give you that much. Yeah, and and he's on your list, which is good. And I expected him to be, but I just didn't expect him to be number five on that list. That's the well, thing. Because the thing is, like, you gotta remember, Cooper Cooper Cup's going to his six. He's in. He's already been in the league five years. And we're just now talking about him in this in this topic. That's why I can't put him in, in like the elite category. Right, understood. I love Cup. I love Cup. Like, like he yeah. he Cup makes guys like Welker and Edelman and Decker look like dog shit. Yes, <laughs> but I just can't for the life of me put him on the same level as Hill and Adams. I can't. Yeah, I, well, I'm with you. Know, with, with a divide, with but a divide. when it comes to the game, when it comes to the game, Cooper Cup is a big part of this offense. He's a very critical piece. No doubt. But there have been games where, where Cooper Cup's been shut down and the Rams have still figured it out. Yeah, and that's and, gonna... and there's a person on this list 
is a big reason of why they still figured it out. Yes. Yep. Like I still stand by if if uh if uh staff Stafford and and Woods had the rapport and like the like the off the field friendship that him and Cup do, this offense would have been twice as good. Probably. Probably. It wouldn't surprise me. And I and I'm not trying to shit on Cup. Cup's had a very good year. Cup has been very consistent. Yep. But there's more to the story. Yeah, there is. So I want to see, you know, I think he's going to be a little more impactful than you do. But, um, you know, I'm happy that he's on your list. And I do think he's going to be an impact player. I don't, I, I know you think he's going to be top five. I would argue that he's going to be top three. Mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah, Cooper Cup is going to be a huge factor in this game. For sure. Number four, Big Von Miller. <laughs> yeah, uh, having a torrid second half to the season. Uh, ever since that trade, Von Miller has kind of come back alive, more so as a pass rusher than a guy that dips back into coverage. It was something he liked to do in Denver. They 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 used him as a pass rusher at times, but Von Miller at times was a very effective pass coverage linebacker, which was really entertaining. Mm-hmm. But but the Rams have started utilizing him in these packages where they're just they blitz him at that quarterback and just have him beat the brakes off the guy. I'm totally here for that. Old man Von Miller getting it done. I I would love to see him get another bowl. He's the one guy I think on this team right now that has a Super Bowl ring to his yeah. name, right? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So I mean that that would be exciting to see uh, Von Miller wind up with a. Wait, was Beckham Beckham wasn't there the Giants yet, was he? I don't think so. No. Okay. Either way, but yeah. Yeah, exciting time. I I, I think. Uh, Von Miller has had himself a, a tremendous career, and and really, I I don't know how long. I I think he's in a contract year, isn't he? Yeah, I think I I don't think they had him for long. Yeah, so I mean, he he might be on a rental. I don't know that they're going to be able to get him on another deal after this. We'll find out, but but I'm hoping for for the Rams' sake and for for Von Miller's sake, if he wants to stay with a winning team, that they go and and uh, sign him to an extension, but. Von Miller's getting up there. I think he's 33, 34, something like that now. Yeah, it's got to be around that. Yeah, and he's been playing some really great ball. I've always liked Von Miller. I thought he was a really solid draft pick uh, when he got picked up, and and now he's uh, he's in the bowl again. So hoping Von Miller is the impact player for the Rams. It doesn't. It wouldn't surprise me if he was. Number three, Cam Akers. Now it doesn't surprise me. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's so back to what I was about the gameplay. It's not necessarily I think that they're going to get ahead early and run the ball. What I think is going to happen is I, I think the whole world expects Stafford to be just slinging the ball to to Cup and Beckham, and I yeah. think the Bengals kind of expect that. But if if oh, they come in with a game plan of Acres going to fuck your life up, the Bengals could be in trouble. They're, true. they're really going to have to use Cam Akers properly. Yeah. If they're, if they're going to do it, they're going to have to use Cam Akers properly because I'll be honest, Cam Akers has sort of underwhelmed since he came back. There were a couple of moments where, where it was like, yes, oh. but we also got to remember that he's coming off an injury that should take a whole year to recover from. And I agree true. with that, but, but he's sort of underwhelmed, underwhelmed since his return. Um, I, I like Cam Akers a lot. I thought he was really great at the back half of last year, and, and that's wonderful. Again, sort of underwhelmed this season. We'll see what he does. I'm just kind of – I want to wait and see and, and uh, see what he does in the Super Bowl. But I think he's going to be more of an impact player 
not just from a perspective that you think, Tyler. I just think really at the back half of this game, when they get that lead, if the Rams have that lead, they're going to be burning some clock, and it's going to be the Cam Akers show in the back half of this football game. The Cam the Cam and Sonny Michelle show. Yeah, because uh, not a starting running back, Sonny Michelle, could play a role in this situation. But he's not a starting running back. Uh, I don't yeah, know. He's number two. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, all right, number two, this more controversy starts. Well, maybe not. Number two, Matt Stafford. That is surprising. Now, the only reason, okay, yes, I'm kind of, I'm kind of do, being a Lions homer when I say this, because I honestly believe Matt Stafford should be number one. Main reason being that, you know, the, <laughs> it's kind of cliche, but as the quarterback, the offense rides on your shoulders. Yeah. You are the driving force behind that offense. Knowing what I know about you, Tyler, and, and knowing how we've, we've been on this show for the last you know several years here and, and we've talked about these players, um, I know who number one is, and, and number one is going to be Aaron Donald. But it, it, I, I know you're big on Aaron Donald, and, and I know that you arguably think that he is or, or can be or should be considered the greatest defensive player of all time. Um, so I, it doesn't surprise me that Aaron Donald is sitting at number one. I can, I'm just going to throw that out there. I already know that that's coming. But um, Matt Stafford, I, I, I understand where Tyler's coming from in this situation yeah, because yeah. Matt Stafford, as far as I'm concerned, has, uh, again, this is another guy that is sort of underwhelmed in the playoffs a little bit. Right. Um, he did have a game, you know, not too long ago where uh, three picks and scored a touchdown and they still won. You know, I mean, he, yeah. he has sort of underwhelmed in the playoffs. Uh, he looked really good, and, and he's had those moments, though, that big moment, that big that big bomb down the field to Cooper Cup. Yeah, you know, he's, he's had his moments. So Stafford is looking to create another moment. I do think he's fully capable of winning this football game, utilizing his arm. Um, there, there hasn't been some great decisions going on, probably like the last five or six games for Matt Stafford. Decision-wise, he hasn't been doing it. But I like Matt Stafford a lot. I think he's going to wind up, you know, uh, being a huge part of this this uh, team win. It's the most important position in all of team sports. I believe that wholeheartedly, Matt Stafford. And I, I'm with you that, that you know, he should be in the top two as far as importance goes mm-hmm. for this football team, Tyler. Um, and and uh, I understand, though, why you're putting Aaron Donald at number one here. And this is a two-track. I have two re- main reasons. One I'm going to save for when he gets number one but you're not wrong on who it is. Um, but I'll, the reason I'll start with reason two, and that, that's the reason it has to do with Stafford. Well, it really has nothing to do with Stafford at the end of the day. I love Matt Stafford. I think, I think he's been a big upgrade for this football team. Yep. You've yeah, said, but, said very candidly on the show that you think he's a first ballot hall of famer. Yes. And I stand by that, but let's not forget that Jared Goff took a very identical team to the Super Bowl too. Yep. Yeah. So if Stafford goes and loses, he's no I'm, he's he's better than Jared Goff, but he's no better off than Jared Goff. Yeah, I, I agree with that. This I, team is so stacked. Yeah, because of, Jared Goff took this team to the Super Bowl. There's a lot more to this team than just Matt Stafford that that, that can be successful. Yeah, and it, and it's and, it's, and that's putting everything that I've said of a Matt Stafford into consideration too. I'm a big big Stafford backer right you know but to your point you know uh you know Matt Stafford became better uh because of the people he has surrounded himself with yes you know 
because <laughs> we were talking about Pad Stafford and garbage yep. time because he was surrounded by garbage players. Yes, Pad Stafford in the mean, fourth quarter. Yeah, so you know, yeah, the cardiac cats kept coming back in the fourth quarter because he was literally the best player on the team because outside of a Golden Tate or a, a Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay, uh, or even Calvin, yeah, Calvin Johnson for sure, Calvin Johnson. I mean. That might be one of the one of the most dynamic uh, quarterback receiver relationships in football uh, when 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 history is talked about. The fact of the matter is, with this team, as to your point, Tyler, you know Matthew Stafford has elevated his game and his status because of that team. Yeah. So I, I, I so with that point, I now kind of understand why he he's number two, very that high on your list, but. But there's also another point too. Another point, yep. And as I as I get to that point, number one is Aaron Donald. Yeah. And point two is the fact that and the playoffs were no different. The Bengals O line is so bad. Yeah. Aaron Donald has the opportunity to completely bend the entire offensive line over, fuck them all, and still have enough time to get to get to Joe Burrow. Right. Yeah, and that was that was the point that I thought you were probably getting to is is that makes sense. You know, and, yeah, and yes, I I am very big in the fact that Aaron Donald could likely could possibly be one the greatest defensive player of all time if but for sure one of. But in this game specifically, that line is so bad. It's not just depleted, it's just bad. It is horrendous, and and that's one thing that that you when you brought up Aaron Donald as number one, and and that was your guy. I said, "Oh yeah, this this offensive line is going to have a really hard time handling that fucking guy." Well, that, it's it ha- it's have to do with Donald. It's have to do with that line. Yep. Right. And you know you got Leonard Floyd on the other side. Yeah. So you know it's going to be a long day at the office. Leonard and- Floyd's one of the many because let's be honest, there's a there, there's probably a, you probably need more than one hand to count the guys that aren't in my top ten that Donald's going to open up the the uh, the. Uh, O-line to complete disaster, too. Yep. So, yeah, and, you know, I have to say this. You know, it's it's the oldest cliche in the book, but defense wins championships. Yep. And I'm pretty sure uh, with this argument, that's the, the idiom you're going with, is that the Rams' defense uh, will win the championship. Ironically, I'm sitting here going, the Bengals' defense yeah. Is going to be the difference maker. Yeah. And it very well could because from a stat standpoint, from a yards and points, the Rams offense, the Rams offensive defense and the and Bengals offensive defense are pretty closely ranked. Yep, yeah. they are. So this is probably going to be. Ram, yeah, because Rams defense was not a top 10 defense this year. No, they weren't. It was quietly wasn't. They're both middle of the pack. In defense, and they're both like right on the edge of the top ten offensively, if, if I remember right. Which has been a surprising thing. I mean, these are these are two essentially like higher end, middle of the road teams. So you know, just outside dancing around the top ten, they're da- dancing around the ten spot. So it's going to be an exciting game. Um, I'm fired up for it, Tyler. Though I've got five guys that I think you forgot about, and I'm totally fired up for it because. I, I know that you were grabbing grabbing at that low-hanging fruit, and that's okay. <laughs> that's okay, because I'm about to bring a heavy dose of what we like to call Raytown's Forgotten Fun. 
Freytown's Forgotten Five. And uh, so <clears throat> Freytown's Forgotten Five, I have five guys that you forgot about on that Rams squad. Number five goes to a guy that's going to be uh, replacing Tyler Higby, and he replaced him last week, Kendall Blanton. I think this guy is going to be great. He was really good last week. I like Kendall Blanton a lot. Tyler, what do you think of this kid? I think he has a shot to really be to have a really big impact in this game, especially since he's going to be filling in that Higby role. Yeah, I think he's becomes that that safety valve for Matt Stafford in this situation. Tremendous opportunity. Yes, big opportunity. We've seen guys take advantage of these opportunities in these Super Bowl games. Uh, Jordy Nelson, wink nudge. Uh, Jacoby Jones to you, Tyler, wink nudge. I mean, these these are guys that we've seen um, blow up, and and Blanton could be a guy that winds up hitting his stride in a Super Bowl here. So get ready. Uh, See, and the reason I didn't consider him is because mostly of the um, bring back of. Daryl Henderson. I, I think when it comes down to it, they're gonna they're gonna run all three running backs. If they have to, and they right. could they could very well do that. And we know how creative Sean McVay can get in these situations. So we could see all all three running backs, you know, catching passes out of the backfield and Did, doing some really exciting things. Didn't OBJ throw a, throw a, a pass to another receiver? Yes, he has. Yeah. So yeah. so that's where that creativity comes in. Yeah, Sean McVay is one of the most creative. He's probably. I mean, right now, he should have, in my opinion, I, I don't know if he won it, Coach of the Year. I, I don't know who won the Coach of the Year award, but... but This should, year? Yeah. Brable won it. I'm surprised it was Brable. I think it should have been Sean McVay, but I digress. See, I, 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 see, I, I would have picked Zach Taylor, but I think McVay or Taylor should have both won it over Brable. Yeah, I, I disagree but with I him. But I know they, they run it based off regular season. They ignore playoffs, so I, I get it. Yeah, but no, I don't know. Sean McVay has been just awesome this year he's been awesome since he came into the league so there's that um number four goes to a guy you know matt gay let's talk about him he's he's a great kicker clutch kicker makes a lot of solid uh, game winners if it, this yep. thing comes down to a field goal and matt gay comes out on the field i know that this game is going to the rams well on the, on the flip side of that coin you know if it if the ball is in the bengals hand it's their turn to kick the field goal aaron mcpherson May catapult yep. them to a Super Bowl. Well, and it's Evan. Evan, Evan McPherson. McPherson. Evan McPherson. No, no, you're fine. But, yeah, I agree with you. McPherson, he likes to sink those fucking field goals. He's he's really great, too. He's had a really great playoff run. He had an 84, I think it was, for, for the year. But yeah, McPherson's actually on his way to breaking a playoff record. Really? If he can – if he makes one field – two field goals mm-hmm. at least and then – for the rest of the game, doesn't have any. If he has no misses, he'll be the only kicker in the history of football to go through a playoff run with no misses and I think at least ten field goals. Wow, there you go. That's sweet. So yeah, so going back to the Mac A situation, you know, how many Super Bowls in history? Yeah, this is a rhetorical question. But how many Super Bowls in NFL history have come down? to that final field. Yeah, and I think Matt Gay can be a guy that that will sink that. And and he's that good. He's been that good for the Rams this year. Um and really since since he signed on with them, he's been really good since he came into the league. I like Matt Gay a lot. I think he's really solid. Matt and, Gay's been very good. Yeah, and the Rams they they've got themselves a stud kicker. I like this guy. I think he's going to have a huge impact on this game. Um, and, and really it could come down to that game winner. We well, don't know. Well, he, he, he bounced both Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady in the playoffs. Yep. Got to, got to consider that too. Yep. 
Uh, number three goes to a guy who's had a concussion for the last couple of games, but he's coming back into the game. Taylor Rapp. I like Taylor Rapp a lot. And we I know Eric Weddle came in and, and filled in for him, and that's great. But I believe Taylor Rapp comes back into this game and starts doing Taylor Rapp things. He's one of the top safeties out there and a guy that nobody freaking talks about. I think Tyler Rapp's going to have himself a great game. Right, so. You know, I, I, I had Rapp right on the edge of my 10. I don't think he's one of the top safeties. I think he's had a, a, a good year, not a great year. But I, but I think him coming back is going to be a big boost for this Rams offense, despite how how well in progress uh, Weddle's played. I think having Rapp back is going to be a big upgrade. Yeah, I think Rap. I mean, given Weddle's age, I think he, <clears throat> even though like he he led the team in tackles in the NFC title game, which was crazy to me. But I think Rap is just a huge part of this Rams defense, and and he's he's a special type of safety, and he fills in perfectly. He fits in the scheme. I like Taylor Rap a lot. I, I as soon as I heard he was coming back, I was like, that guy's gonna have himself a fun game, and you know. That that's a guy, Taylor Rapp, and the reason I have him on this list is he is going to have to come up with those three heavy receivers of the Bengals. He's going to have to come up and he's going to have to play coverage and play support coverage for those corners. Maybe not so much Jalen Ramsey, but if Jamar Chase gets away from him, guess who's going to be jumping over there is Taylor Rapp. And and same goes for those, those other corners over there that are going to have to deal with T. Higgins, and they're going to have to deal with Tyler Boyd's you're going to see Taylor Rapp coming up in coverage and having to play some some uh, a complimentary coverage for these corners, and that's what I think he's going to be there for, and I think he's better for that than Weddle is. I agree. Yeah, we would yep. be just thinking about that too, <clears throat> about you know all those receivers. So just, yeah, all those guys, you know, and and I think Taylor Rapp is he's a huge part. Number two. Okay, before you get into the top two here. Uh, <laughs> Should I go ahead and say, yeah, uh, we uh, before we started, uh, we started the Skype call. You know, uh, we're we're doing pregame here with uh, I was doing pregame and uh, the top you are. actually flip flopped yep. before we started recording here. Yeah. They so were. you want you want to talk about controversy? Uh, yeah. Well, it was, I, I was a little blown away by it, but let's go ahead and get into it. So you are right. We had we had these flip flopped. And, and I so I, I started. um I started, this guy, number two, is Austin Corbett. Um, you know, as a guard, the, that interior offensive line of the Rams is going to, you, you know, you've got Cam Akers on your list. Austin Corbett's going to be a huge part of that. And and keeping uh, lanes open for, for Cam Akers and, and keeping Matt Stafford clean in that interior, uh, you know, and and you last week, you know, you were you were talking about uh, you know the defensive tackle over there with the the Bengals, Tyler. Well, Austin Corbett's going to be running right into him. And Corbett, ever since he became a free agent, has had a very good season with the Rams. I believe that this guy and we had these guys. I had these guys flip flopped before the conversation, um, or I had with uh, Alex. And the more I said about the guy who's going to wind up being my number one, and is a guy that I think will kind of catch you by surprise, Tyler. The guy who I put at my number one spot, um, the more I talked about him, the more I wanted to put him up there at the number one spot. And that guy is the former Detroit Lion, Ashawn Robinson, a guy who has quietly had a very, very good year. I didn't realize, according to Pro Football Focus, this guy is ranked at a 72.5 grade. Like, he has had a really great year, and not enough people are talking about him. 
He's a fantastic compliment to Aaron Donald out there. He's a good space eater. He has played great ball this year, and he's going to play a role in, in stopping a guy that nobody seems to be talking about because everybody's talking about Joe Cool and Jamar Chase and stopping Joe Mixon. That's what Ashawn Robinson is going to have to do. He's going to have to come in and be that big old space eater, and he's going to have to stop Joe Mixon. Ashawn Robinson is my number one, again, a guy that since he left Detroit has had an awesome, awesome year so far. So that is my number one. Tyler, what do you think, Ashawn? I dig it. I, 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 I had Robinson on my list, like 15, 16 people. I was trying to cut it down. I, I, I like Robinson. I, but I, I do kind of stand by a point where I think Robinson, among others, benefits a lot from a very dominant Aaron Donald, too. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, wouldn't, sure. wouldn't you? But I think Ashawn Robinson, when he was with Detroit, was very underrated. I think yeah. not enough people were giving him credit. And oh, I totally agree. I, I, I've kind of always liked Robinson. I liked him when he was with Detroit. And, and I know that, that when they let him go, everybody was like, oh, good riddance get him the fuck out of here. And, and all these, these lions fans were saying that Alex, I mean, I don't know if you were in that boat, but I don't think I was, no, but they, they got rid of this guy. And I'm like, why are you getting rid of a Sean Robinson? It, this is kind of like going, this is kind of going back to, uh, uh, who's, who's the offensive lineman, like the top linebacker or something that we were talking about earlier was a Taylor Decker or was some, uh, somebody was like, Oh, we're gonna try to trade this guy, and you were saying, "Oh, he's one of your top linebackers. What are you doing?" Yeah, similar situation here. So, you know, and, and just to kind of you know put a cherry. On the oh, you're talking about Jamie Collins. Jamie Collins. Yep. That's who the guy was. Yeah. So you know, so we're talking. The biggest criticism, you know, lately that I've had with the Lions is their office, their front office, Sheila Ford, Martha Ford. You know, and the GM, and to an extent, the head coach. I mean, the head coach these days is good. Um, but, you know, we've had the Matt Millen era. We've had Quint. We had three years of Quintricia. You know, <laughs> what, <laughs> the, a mess. This, what a dumpster fire that was. Yeah, that was a mess. So you know, and then of course the coup de gras is you basically trade Matt Stafford. Uh, you know, and you get a good haul for him. You get a great haul for him. You know, almost highway robbery. Good for you, mm -hmm. but. <laughs> this is such an indictment of the Lions organization because the year that Stafford goes to a different team and Ashawn Robinson as well, they get to the Super Bowl. Yep. So if Ashawn Robinson can prove to be the impact player that you say is, Scott, mm -hmm. this is even a bigger indictment of the Lions organization. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and you know, to, to let two players of this caliber slip through your fingers. Go to a different team, and that team in the same year goes to the Super Bowl and wins it. A lot of us, a lot of us people in the Detroit and the Michigan area are going to be looking at you and going, "Okay, now what?" Yeah, the the Sean Robinson move made no sense to me when they let him go, and I think the Rams were able to maximize what what he's capable of. Uh, so that is your your um, Freytown's forgotten five. Uh, Tyler, we have one more bit of business to jump into, um, and that is the Super Bowl, yeah. and and we we got to jump What's in. That? To, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like what, the, what is that? Is the, that the Super Bowl obviously taking place tomorrow. Super excited. Um, the Rams are obviously favored in this game, 
But uh, yeah, buddy, we, we've got ourselves uh, a Super Bowl and we've got our big, bold prediction. Um, Tyler, are you ready to jump into our bold predictions for this game? Let's do it. All right, here are your predictions for Super Bowl Sunday. Starting out with the Rams and the Bengals. Last game of the year. Tyler, what, who do you have winning this game, and what's your one bold prediction? Well, I'm looking I'm looking forward to what you got here. I, I'm excited. I always want to pass it to you here to start. Okay. I, uh, well, we, why don't we save the best? For <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I'll go ahead. I'll, I'll, I'll go. go I'll, I'll fire it off hot. So here is my prediction. I believe that it's a, this is a two-part parlay, okay? I believe that the Rams will win the Super Bowl by 13 points or more. And here is the parlay part, that the Gatorade bath that takes place at the end of the game, the color of the Gatorade will be blue. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if it is, that'll be like the ultimate. That's just, that's just one more ground cherry to put on top of the shit Sunday. You're gonna, love, you're gonna love my prediction. because like, yeah, it's Rams colored blue. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, oh, it's man. like Alex. <laughs> Alex, what do you got? That, did, did you like that? Yeah, because now I'm gonna I'm gonna add Gatorade color to my to my parlay. Just. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> the color will be blue. I'm telling you. I I will mark out if I see. That. <laughs> Alex, what do you got? All right, what do I got? Uh, okay. This, my my heart says the Rams. I mean, I I'm pull, I'm pulling huge for Matthew Stafford. You know, he if anybody in this league deserves a Super Bowl after the season he after the career he's had, it's Matthew Stafford mm-hmm. because he's been a consistent good player with the Lions, even though the organization is an absolute dumpster fire and they can't figure out how to win games. Uh, they fired their best head coach and Jim Caldwell. I cannot believe it. you know we were you guys were talking about it last week. How how the heck is Jim Caldwell not considered in in uh, head coaching interviews? Yep, with the whole Rooney Rule deal going on. Uh, so my heart's going with my heart's going with the Rams, but I'm gonna add this caveat. Obviously, you know, and again, this might be boogerish of me, but if the Bengals defense shows up, shows out. And you know, because like again, they haven't they hadn't been that consistent this this year, but they've been consistent and they've showed up when they needed to. Right. We all sat there and said the Chiefs just won the Super Bowl by winning the coin toss. What does Patty Mahomes do? Not his fault. Throws a pick. Yeah. And that yeah. basically okay. Now the whole dynamic of the game changed. And Evan Mc, Evan McPherson. Yeah, for the, okay. the, the kicker for the, for the Bengals. Evan McPherson basically catapulted the Bengals to the Super Bowl. Yep. So if the defense for the Bengals shows up and shows out, they may get the edge. But I'm still, my heart's going with the Rams. And your bold prediction for this game? My bold prediction for this game is going to uh, come down to a field goal. Uh, who gets to kick that field goal? Um I don't know. You know what? I'm going to say... You don't get to say, I don't know. You picked the Rams. So you're saying gay. You're maybe. saying Rams by three. Rams by three. There we well, go. Maybe less, right? I mean, it could maybe, be but, take but the lead that's losing. Kick, yeah, Rams will kick a game-winning field goal to win this thing. Yeah. Yep. 
I, I mean, you know, it, it's ironic because when the Rams last, you know, not when, the first time I saw the Rams in the Super Bowl, uh, Adam Finitary kicked a game-winning mm-hmm. field goal. He was yep. with the Patriots, so yep. we'll see. I wish you couldn't write this better. <laughs> so an hour and a half ago, I wrote down who I was picking for the bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I wrote down my goal, my goal prediction. Yep. And I've just recently added my Gatorade color. <laughs> <laughs> so here's where here's where I'm going. It's going to make for a very exciting tomorrow. I'm taking the Bengals. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's bold. Makes sense. And my bold prediction to match what I've been doing all year when it comes to bold predictions Bengals by 17. Wow. Whoa, blowout. That That is surprising. Woo. That so is... we're both picking blowouts on two different sides. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And because Scott's a weirdo, um, <laughs> the Gatorade bath will be Bengals orange. <laughs> I love it. Yes. Oh my god. Now, now, wouldn't it be something if the Rams won and the Gatorade bath was blue? Orange. Or the Gatorade bath was orange and then the other <laughs> that, that would be something. But yeah, so that. <laughs> god damn it, Scott. That's our predictions for the Super Bowl weekend. Um, folks, man, I'm fired up. Super Bowl is, is tomorrow. It's currently about 11 o'clock at night on Super Bowl Eve, we'll call it. Yep, and uh, man, all excited about this game. We're gonna we're gonna be uh, watching with bated breath as the these two teams take the field. It's gonna be an exciting game, though. I'm happy that we're not seeing the you know Tom Brady and the Bowl and Aaron Rodgers there and all this other. We're not, and, you know, I'm, I'm thankful beyond belief we're not getting the State Farm Bowl. Yeah, yeah, I think everybody's happy for that. But I mean, we're we're excited that we're not seeing that that type of bullshit, and and we're getting some fresh. Blood in there. Even though the Rams have been in a bowl recently, we're getting some right. fresh blood, and we haven't seen the Bengals in a bowl since you know the '80s. Yeah, this this is exciting. This is going to be a good time. Uh, pulled pork right now is out in the smoker. I hope you're all excited for that. The pork butts are out there smoking, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have ourselves some good food, good time. We're celebrating my birthday <laughs> on Super Bowl Sunday. Tyler, are you excited for that? I'm an old man. I'm 35. I'm not excited for that part. I mean. Well, motherfucker, you well, get celebrate football. I mean. <laughs> I'll definitely be having sh- visions of sugar plums dancing in my head. Oh tonight. yeah! So, folks, that is our show. Um, I just want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors. And it's your time massage. Amanda's a wonderful massage therapist. Uh, she does amazing work. Alex, have you gotten a fucking massage yet? No, I have not. Well, you need to get a fucking massage because Amanda, it's her time massage. She'll take good care of you. She's a wonderful massage therapist. She does Swedish and deep tissue massages. She has CBD oil, the whole deal. Um, it's your time massage. Check it out. It's your get time. Get one tomorrow. What Do was it. That? Schedule yeah. it tomorrow. You could. <laughs> But uh, you should check it out, IYTMassage.com. Also, you can check out Amanda's uh, Facebook page over at It's Your Time Massage LLC. Uh, you can get, book yourself a massage right there online, and uh, it's a wonderful experience. Also, I want to give a shout-out to Face Kicked Apparel over there, there with go. our boy Sean Stockmeyer. Uh, you pick it, he sticks it. Anything you got, hats, hoodies, shirts, anything you want, you pick it, he sticks it at FaceKickedApparel.com. Um, and Tyler, here we go, baby. Alex? We're going to be partying, guys, tomorrow. It's it's party time. So I hope everybody's excited and fired up and ready. 
Super Bowl around the corner. And then, Tyler, you and I, we're going to be starting to look forward to free agency day. Yep. It'll yep. be it'll definitely be a shark tank. Yep, yep. Free agency day right around the corner here. So we're getting a little little fired up for that shit. So yep. uh there'll, there'll be combine to look forward to. There's the draft to look forward to. Oh so. yeah, the draft is coming, baby. The draft. I love it. It's my favorite time of the year in the offseason. Believe it or not, I see I love football. Yeah. I love going through the season and having a good old time. But, man, that excitement and all those draft picks and all those free agent moves and stuff like that. Tyler, you agree with me. This is one of our best times of the year, right? Yeah, free agency is kind of – it's always it's always a crazy time. Yeah, yeah. Free, it's it's always a fun time. It's, so I'm, it's just sad because um, I, free agency is my favorite time of the year, but the Ravens are always quiet. It, and I, okay. I get why because like, they're never big and like, like doing, like, doing like, like the big like uh, bidding for the free agents, which I get. But it makes me sad. I like free agents. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, folks, thank you so much for listening. I hope everybody has a wonderful Super Bowl. Um, have yourself a wonderful weekend. We're going to go ahead and be back here next week. We're going to go through the Super Bowl stuff. We're going to talk a little bit about the free agent stuff going on. We got more head coaching carousel stuff. I'm sure that's going to be happening. So we're going to jump into all that stuff. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Peace. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at theoutsideblitz at gmail.com.